comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am The Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero in on my resident. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legends. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode 85, and oh, geez, Louise, this may be one of the finest weeks of DCTV we've ever had, I think. I concur. I definitely concur. Um, I don't think it's too much hyperbole to, to say that. I uh, I just, uh, we had the big crossover, of course, the invasion crossover, the four, well, three and a half way crossover <laughs> with... <laughs> well, three and an eighth. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, three and some decimal point crossover with uh, Supergirl, Flash, uh, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, of course. And um, so, many, so many awesome uh, moments all through that. We also had the, the uh, season or mid-season finale of Gotham, which, yes, was brutal, we did. which was totally brutal. But we knew it was going to happen. Yes, and I know we're going to talk about it after the crossover, but does anybody else just get exhausted from the tension on that show after the episode's over? Just like, <laughs> oh, thank God that's over. I need a drink. <laughs> I just get tired because I, I just know Jim is going to do the exact thing that he said he's not going to do. Right. You just wait for it. It's like, I know you're going to fuck this up. I, oops, I, I know you're going to do it. You're going to mess it up. He, uh, um, I really enjoyed the the stuff with Stabby Babs too. Yeah. Um, uh, in that episode, of Gotham, that was pretty intense. Her, her enigma, and, uh, and the last two people in the world I would think you would team up with, you know, Butch and Tabby, right? Right. But anyway, we'll get to that when we talk to Gotham. Um, start, uh, joining me tonight on DCTV podcast. First of all, the man who unfortunately was underneath the balcony when Diggle puked, uh, <laughs> when Barry uh, snatched him away from the vigilante. Uh, Richard, the tub, tub toad Sheldon, how are you, sir? Yeah, nothing like getting sprayed with a heap and helping a uh, bunch of lung butter. Tell you. Ugh, Thank you lung, so lung butter. Oof. Delicious. And, uh, <laughs> and the man that told him that they should have just called it the Hall of Justice, but then was told that it was too pretentious, Mr. Daryl Taylor. And that is absolutely true, because I did say that in my head. Like, why don't you just... Do the damn thing and call it the Hall of Justice. I agree, and it's not too pretentious, Daryl. What is the problem? What is the problem? Just do it already. No, Daryl didn't say it was too pretentious. That was a line in the show, but uh, I, I, you know what? Right. Go, going back, though, in season uh, uh, season there in The Flash, 
doesn't Barry he, Barry owns Star Labs technically, right? Like the well, he right. said it. Yes. Well, well, they left it to him. They left it all to him. Yeah. He even has like an offhand line about that. He's like, well, Star Labs, well, actually mine or whatever. I mean, why couldn't he make it the Hall of Justice? Well, he actually said in the thing that he owns a museum, and they said you should do something with that. Yeah. Remember, he said it like just to let us know. Well, and I he wonder. Said I actually well, here's the it. thing: is the Flash Museum going to be the Hall of Justice, or is the Flash Museum going to be HR turning Star Labs into like a public theme? Park? I have a feeling that like they're going to co- uh, vision or whatever he said it was. Right. I have a feeling. I have a feeling they're going to combine the just the JSA that we know from the comics with the JLA, and they'll have it as because JSA their headquarters were. It was a museum, and then in the back rooms, that's where the headquarters were for the meetings. You know, when they when they had their meetings, and right. I think that they're going to do that with. And the Justice League just had a Hall of Justice, and it was just for the Justice League. But I think that that's what they're going to do. They're going to put a museum in it, since Flash is probably be the head of the Justice League, I guess. Yeah. Since they're pointing, they're pushing it that way that he's the Superman of this world, well, even more in this move, in this in this uh, crossover, they push right. it even more that he's the Superman of this of this well, earth. Even more than that, they push it even more that 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 Ollie is the Batman of this earth for sure. Because oh, oh, yeah, but I. The yeah, way he I mean, treats Supergirl even... through the whole crossover, it's like the way bats treat yeah. soups, man. Well, I mm-hmm. wouldn't even get into that, but I was getting into how why I think that's going to wind up being the the headquarters, and it's going to be a slash museum slash Probably. actual headquarters of the all the groups. Like they'll all be able to meet there when need when they're needed to meet there. The really cool thing is there's a building that actually looks exactly like that in Cincinnati. I think it's the City Hall. Uh, yeah, so I remember. It looks exactly like the the original Hall of Justice from Super Friends and I, you know the old Justice League and stuff before the satellite and whatnot. Yeah, I thought that was crazy when I when I heard that. Did that building exist before the Super Friends cartoon? No, it was built in the seventies. Oh, okay. So wow, they must have modeled it at or you know did an homage thing because I was thinking, well, maybe the person that designed it for the cartoon <clears throat> was inspired by that, but I guess it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Let's start off with Supergirl, the, uh, what do you say, like the one-eighth part of the three and one-eighth episode uh, crossover? She is yeah. what I think in comics they would call the interlude. It would it would get you to buy the comic. They would mm-hmm. they would put the crossover in it, but it's not a part one or part two. It's the interlude to the... To right. the uh, well, I remember in like all the regular DC comics that came out right before Crisis on Infinite Earths, like mm-hmm. the last few pages of each comic is like... Oh, something is happening. The skies are turning red. What are those things? You know, and right. like the last like few pages would lead into the big event, and that's what right. this well, kind of reminded me. Or of. the last panel, it's like, right? It's or the like, last panel. It's like Legends last week. Remember at the very oh, our friends need us. You know, and that's pretty much what this was at the end of Supergirl, which was a good episode by itself outside of that last bit. But, I gotta admit though, when they had like the little you know uh, interdimensional bubbles pop up, were pretty funny. Like, they start out the episode where they're all at Thanksgiving dinner, right? And, like, mm-hmm. James and Wynn are arguing whether or not they should tell Kara that he's Guardian. And right. uh, Alex doesn't care because she's trying to come out to her mom. Right. It's all, like, kind of a very CW moment. And it was. Like, yeah. And they're all, like, sitting around and, and the you know, being thankful. Uh, Kara cooks the turkey with her heat vision. I thought that was cool. 
and uh, Eliza's there, and you know Alex is very nervous and a little bit too drunk, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, she seemed a little tipsy. Um, so they're enjoying the family time, and then all of a sudden, this like interdimensional bubble pops up in in front, like right above the Thanksgiving table, and freaks everyone out. And that's how the cold open ends. It uh, goes right to credits from there. I do though, kind of wish that they had just fell down. Like during like Darian uh, Cisco had fallen right into the yeah, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, that would have been funny. I do kind of uh, wish that that had happened and they hung out a little bit more. We get a scene with Lillian Luthor and Lena. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is no love there. No. At all. And uh, there, it turns out that uh, Lena has like some sort of isotope that can uh, weaponize this uh, Medusa virus that they stole from the Fortress of Solitude at the end of last episode, the Cyborg Superman, quote-unquote. While Lillian's like lying to her daughter, Cyborg Superman shows up at that alien speakeasy that we've seen, you know, where they, uh, where, uh, Maggie Sawyer took Alex or whatnot, and mm-hmm. sets off this Project Medusa. And Monel's at the bar, and he sees Cyborg Superman and tries to fight him, but he's outclassed and uh, gets his butt kicked, and he ends up exposed to the virus. So Monel is quarantined in a cell, and, right. and Karen and John, because they're aliens, this uh, um, virus only kills aliens for some reason, not humans. Um, or Kryptonians, it turns out, because it turns right. out Kara's dad was the one who made it. Nice. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. Karen Monel play Monopoly through the window. It's, it's, it, that was a, a funny moment. And then yeah. all of a sudden Monel uh, breaks down in pain, and then uh, she, breaks, she breaks into a cell, even though it's like a quarantine or whatever. Um, even, this is before she knew that the virus wouldn't affect Kryptonians. You know, she breaks into the quarantine to help him when he has like a spasm or uh, whatever. I have a question for both of you. Um, what are you? How do you feel about the cyborg Superman? Because my jury's still out on on the way. I, I just don't know. What are your? What, I mean, do you like it? He just. I, I, I just don't know don't why. Know the, why? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> Daryl. Go question. ahead. We said the we same thing. To, we we got, like, like mind on this. Go ahead. I think everybody has it. There's no connection to Superman. He's not, he, he doesn't even look like himself that. Right. He's not even in red or red and blue. He doesn't have an S on his chest or anything. He's just he's like he looks like Hank Henshaw. He looks more like um, you know Cyborg from uh, the Teen Titans in his forties than yeah than Cyborg Superman. Just call him Cyborg. I mean, and you know what could have totally fixed that if they had it that they stole he he was Superman had built. They just say that he had built the. Uh, a cyborg of himself to protect the fortress, but he felt it was unstable, so he deaded it and he took the the you know the computer unit out and and they got it somehow they stole it and they injected it into this into him. Or That's even, it. Or even when he was in the fortress of solitude, maybe he could have like stolen one of the uh, spare suits. You know what I mean? Right, but I mean, if to make himself think he's he's almost deluded the way he's telling himself he's Cyborg Superman. I think it would have made more sense if he had just said it that he it was just a CPU unit that it was supposed to be Superman and it didn't work and they used it anyway and that's why he's a little unstable. Yeah, well, maybe they'll come up with an explanation down the road. I I don't know. It's not even just the whole Superman piece of it. It's just I don't know. I just it makes no sense, though. Yeah, it yeah. makes I mean, absolutely it, it, no sense. No logic at all as to why he would call himself Cyborg Superman. None. Right. Yeah, like I said, I, I can't quite put my finger on what I'm not liking about it. I just don't 
like it for some reason. There's just no connective tissue. Yeah. It's just comic. It's like they're just like, we, well, it's cool, and we want to throw it in for the comic book, but we don't have time to connect all this anyway, but we're just going to throw it in there anyway. Right. And, uh, and one of the things about Hank, Hank Henshaw in the comic made himself try to look like Superman to take advantage of the death of Superman. Right. To he destroy went, it. Right. To kind of like, you know, he was going to try to capture Superman's legacy after his death and then destroy it for all, you know, mm-hmm. for all time. Um, so this is a totally different take on the character, obviously. I mean, uh, Lies is working with the DEO, finds out the virus can only be transmitted via aerosol. It doesn't go from, you know, contact or whatever. And that uh, it, w- it was made on Krypton as kind of like a neutron bomb to kill off, you know, aliens or whatever. And uh, like I said, Kara's dad is the one who made it. Um, Lies and Alex team up to do lab work to find a cure for the virus. And then this is the scene where she comes out to her mom. I mean, she's yeah. like, uh, and her mom already kind of figured it out because she keeps talking about Maggie yeah. so much. Right, and it's like, well, your mom knows, so you just might as well go ahead and say it. Well, she kind of basically was like, I mean, I like how she was like, you know what, enough already. Nobody here is hateful. Like, we've never shown you that we are prejudiced against anybody, right? So stop being scared. Just tell me what the deal is. We already know that. Let's get past it. It's 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 done. There's nothing holding you back. I like her mother was just like, all right, fast forward. There's no reason for you to think that you're holding, you know, there's nothing to hold you back from being who you are. She probably was waiting for it. She probably knew this years ago because of how she acted with the other girl that she had told her, you know, that she told Carol right. about back then. I think it's like a little kind of con- connective tissue then. But as a mother, you don't tell your child. You let them, create, let them you know, get you. their own. Yeah. Right. Because you want them to have their own identity and, and come in and develop it on their own naturally. You don't want to. In- impede it in any way so she was probably waiting she knew she probably knew back then but you know she was like you know i'm waiting like the way you were talking about this girl a mother knows you know a mother knows you you, there's something else to this the way you kept talking about her you know so it was a nice mother type conversation i really enjoyed it yeah i really again i've said this before but i think they're really handling this in a good and adult way i agree I mean, it's a it's a little CW, but I mean, but it's being written fairly realistically, and I think I think it's awesome uh, storyline for for the the show. Um, uh, Eliza figures out the Cadmus needs some sort of isotope from Luthor Corp. That's the only place she can get it, and um, Supergirl flies there just in time to find you know Cyborg Superman, you know, grabbing it, trying to steal it, and then. Um, Maggie Sora shows up with the uh, the National City PD, and Maggie gets injured in the fight. She gets shot by, like, a laser out of Cyborg Superman's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, Supergirl uh, then, you know, confronts Lena about her mother, but Lena is not real happy about that. She's kind of insulted by Kara's questions about her mom. Um, it doesn't mean that she doesn't think her mom is evil, but Lena still kicks her out, you know. Um, Lena meets again with her mom and tells her that she knows all about her and Cadmus. But she surprises her mom by offering to help if Lillian simply asks for it. That was a cool scene, you know, you, as long as you, you know, that was all she asked, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, is that simple? And he, she says, that's simple. I really like the actress who's playing Leon Luthor a lot. I know I've mentioned that before, but she's, yes, really, I, she's rock yeah. solid. She's really good. Yep. Right. On top of her being hot as hell, take that away. She's still, it was, she's still good at, at, at portraying this role. I agree. I think she played it well enough. Yeah. 
Um, Kara goes back to the DEO, visits Marmel. He wakes up from his fever long enough to kiss her and then passes out. <laughs> um, John, who told, you know, John told Kara before about his white Martian problem. And, uh, the, the uh, isotope is on the move. And, you know, she's like, John, you might, you know, you are, you're sick. You might die or whatever. But no, he says he wants to die as a green Martian if he's going to die. So Supergirl and Martian Manhunter fly out to confront the Luthors. Supergirl tries to talk to Lena out of, you know, out of launching the rocket. But uh, Lena turns the key and the rocket goes off. And then uh, Supergirl flies after the rocket and John fights himself, pretty much. Which was a weird, weird fight. I watched it, that one fight a couple times just because, you know, he's fighting his, himself ostensibly in this. And uh, it, it was it was funny the way they choreographed it and shot it. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl tries to stop the rocket, but it, uh, by the time she gets up there, it explodes. But nothing happens because Lena didn't actually give up the isotope. She rendered the virus inert and thwarted her mother's plan. Dun dun dun! Which I did not see coming and was glad because I was kind of pissed that she turned out to be bad and then she wasn't. Are you t- are you writing a, a, a hate letter? To WB. Oh, sorry. I was, CW. Doing a, I was doing a website thing real quick. Sorry about that. I was trying to do it really quiet, but I'm fingering it's too bad. Uh, because uh, they're able to get their hands on the inert uh, virus. Monel is saved, and every, all the other aliens are saved. Uh, and it also, uh, they used another strain of it somehow to cure John of his mutations. Yes. So now he's a green Martian again. I don't mind it, but it was really just kind of like, this is a Christmas moment. We yeah. were able to save John, yeah. too. And, yeah. and like, Tiny Tim as well. And, yes, the Tiny Tim. And, and, and you were there, and you were there, and you it were really, there. Oh, my God, it really did have a Christmas moment, though. It did feel Merry like Christmas, such a Christmas Bedford moment. Balls. But, I mean, I get I mean, I'm, I, I don't want it to go too long, so I'm glad, you know, they got... You know, we worked past that because I, I really wouldn't have wanted it to go yeah. all throughout, you know, the next when they come back after the break. I wouldn't want it to go for too long. But it was just funny to me how it was just like and 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 because the virus was so easily, you know, broken down, we were able to save John, too. And then John comes in and he's hugging everybody and he's like, thank you. And everything uh. was just. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Billy got a pony. And Billy got a pony. <laughs> Alex is home alone. It's funny. She's drinking by herself. I know she's drinking by herself. She had a full roaring fire going on. Um, just by herself drinking. <laughs> it was just funny. It looked like a commercial for, for booze or something. It did. Oh, right. That's going to be in your nightmares. Also. It's funny, so Jerry, you came in just as we're getting to the, uh, the, the love scene or the, the kiss with Maggie and Alex at the end of the episode of Supergirl. Oh, nice. So Very cool. Great time. Oh, man. And it was great. Oh, man. Wait, what? Wait, what? Scissor Sisters. Oh, you didn't see that? You didn't, you didn't watch the I whole thing? It. You didn't watch well, the unedited version. Well, I saw that, version. but I thought it was only in my mind, not... No, it was. Oh, you made yeah, it up. That's, that's oh, I, it really happened. And joining, no. us, and joining us now is Jerry Atkinson, symbayoga.com. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I do all of the symbayoga now. Uh, we're just at the part of Supergirl, uh, Jerry, where uh, Maggie's coming over to see Alex. Mm-hmm. Right. So with the beer and the pizza, 
And yep. is there any, uh, after getting hurt or whatever, mm-hmm. she feels like life is too short, and then she will, uh, will kiss who she wants to kiss. That's right. I just said, like, or not kiss the girls you want to kiss, and I kind of want to kiss you. I just, I thought, I thought it was a pretty well earned. You know, I didn't think it was like out of nowhere. I, it makes sense. You know. Have you noticed how they pretty much threw Jimmy and uh, what you call it out of the episode? Mm-hmm. Jimmy, I was fine with it uh, too because there was not an annoying part in it because he really yeah. enough. Like even when he started talking, it annoyed me. The like, him and Win on the couch about let's tell him who I am. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me be special today. No, it's my turn. No, I made yeah. a decision. Shut up. Really, like it's getting to the point where it, I, I I found myself uh, enjoying it because when I like the bro douchebag Daxamite more than I like Jimmy, it's like they got to do something with Jimmy's story a little bit. They got to work that out. Send him back to work with Superman and not have him on the show anymore. No, just write him, just just develop him a little bit better. It it just seems that he the way the story is written. Reverse develop him out of this hole that he has gotten into as guardian because I think it'd be hard to reverse that unless he just went, yeah, it was dumb. Okay, I'm not doing it. I don't know. Maybe if he got hurt or something. I'm trying to think of. you know, I, 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 I don't want him to get hurt. He needs to be no, but he needs to be hurt to knock him down a peg. Coma, quick, easy happens mm. all the time in these kind of shows. I don't know that I want coma, but he needs to be taken down a few pegs. I'm just saying, get him out of a couple episodes so we can all simmer down, and then you know, Speaking once of the that. ear taste is over, maybe after the holidays when we forgot about this, you know, monstrosity. Speaking of Mon El Bro, dude, evidently there are some uh, bounty hunters that kind of look like Sith <laughs> from uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh, after him. And they say that no one, you know, no planet will you know, be unchecked and no life will be spared to get Mon El of Daxam. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. Just kind of out of nowhere, they have this part. And then the final scene, which is the eighth of the episode that ties into the rest of the crossover, <laughs> is... Oh. Um, uh, Cisco and Barry popping through the, the, the interdimensional portal into Kara's off or into Kara's apartment, and uh, Kara's like, "I knew that was you." All those weird bubbly things or whatever. I just and evidently, uh, you know, Barry's gonna call her in on this favor because you know aliens. I mean, that's a good reason. Which they have them pop in now when it's you know <clears throat> just her there, but. I wish it would have been earlier, like you said, when everybody was around the table or whatever, because then we could have had Monel, Superman, and Martian Manhunter in the crossover as well to make an even awesomer looking poster picture for when they're all pimping themselves in the uh, parking lot there. I didn't think Superman was at the Thanksgiving dinner, was he? No, but I, I just no. wish there was a way they could have pulled those characters in as well. I will throw out. Let me throw this out really quick, though. I I'm fine do, that they didn't, but yeah. yeah. But I do think now that they know how well these shows are doing with the crossover thing, they I think they will have to work out how to do multiple show crossovers because there was a little bit of the little bit unevenness of of how they did these episodes, how they do the crossover part of the episodes, and I do think that they where how char- you know, characters fell off at one, and they disappear for a minute, and they come back, or, or like, I don't think they could handle if Superman and Monel and James was in the I agree. 
Guardian suit. I don't think that they have it down yet on how to to have that many characters in it. And eventually, I think they will. But they have yeah. to work up to that. Like yeah. I just think that they would have to work up to that right now. I plus, totally plus, agree. Yeah. Plus, I think just having the one, just having Supergirl come over, um, really kind of. I mean, it made the you know the dynamic between her and Oliver really stand out where it wouldn't mm-hmm. have with so many others. Um, it really, I don't know. And then you know her talking to you know talking Barry through like his problem. I think right. the, for the crossover overall, the thing that most surprised me was that they made it into a Flashpoint intervention and, like, got all that out. You right. know they I did, mean? yeah. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, Cisco is, like, even understands that messing with the timeline doesn't have consequences you think of because of what he does with the Dominators, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they're able to, like, get some sort of closure and explanation or whatever. Right. You know, even though, like, some weird things happen, like, you know, all of a sudden Stein has a daughter he doesn't know and things like right. that. Even and in, in thinking about it, like as I was watching it again, even with the three parter, they they did do a little bit of a cheat also where they threw in an arrow. It was like a dreaming flashback type. It was like a dreaming right. sequence. So yeah. they were able to to put in a little, you know, a lot of the old act, you know, a lot of the actors had a day of written off the show and oh, stuff. So many Easter eggs in there. Right. It was a lot of that, which I'm good with. But I mean, that was their way of you could tell that they put that in there and planned it to, to coincide because it was a way of doing that to not so it won't be so focused on the on the uh, crossover as much. I, right. You know, like I, I, I'm pretty sure they did it because they they probably needed the space. What was the hundredth episode of Arrow? Yeah, yeah. that was That's probably. What I'm saying. I mean, yeah, like like Daryl said, it co- the hundredth episode coincided with this crossover, and okay. I thought the the story conceit that they figured out to put them in that Matrix type thing was uh, was pretty was was pretty okay with me. You know, I thought, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. I can go with that. You know, yeah, because they're trying to get they're they're associating with the metahumans, but they're not metahumans, so they get the. Um, uh, they're trying to get the intel from them without you know the repercussions of actually trying to you know contain the Flash or contain mm-hmm. Supergirl or whatever. So that all totally made sense. And plus, it was cool. I mean, it reminds me of the man who had everything, right? The um, the Superman story that Alan Moore wrote, Dave Gibbons. Oh yeah, the Black Mercy, yeah. where you know Superman. Uh, it turns out Krypton never blew up, and he has a kid and a wife and everything. And uh, but yep. it's none of it's real. And it was like they transposed that story onto Arrow. And it was fun. I thought it was fun, especially if you watch a series for a long time. All the different people that you saw and picked out, like um, you know Malcolm Merlin and uh, being there, and uh, and like the you know, the well, we'll get to Tommy. It. Yeah, you're talking about Tommy and stuff. But anyway, we'll start out with the Flash. Uh, it does uh, it does that thing that we talked about last week, where it starts in the middle of the story. Yeah, we get Flash and Green Arrow by themselves fighting off all the rest of the mm-hmm. Legends. Supergirl, um, um, Diggle, Thea, uh, White Canary, um, right. all, all just Barry and Oliver. And they, I thought it was cool they started it with Barry and Oliver because they—that's where it started. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a bat. Right. It was such a Batman and Superman moment, like them. Yeah, definitely. Going through that. It's like, what's that? Uh, that's Heat Vision. <laughs> like, yeah, they had their they had their crazy moment, and it was fun. It was kind of cool to also. Um, like in comics, it is so old. Like that trope has been done fifty million times of 
the heroes that when they work together in a crossover, some of them get hit with mind control and they oh, wind totally. up to fight each other. But it's a different thing to be able to see it live action. Like it, you know, and you know what Barry even tells Kara when he when he breaks the spell or whatever, he's like, "You're not the first superhero to be mind controlled." Right. You know oh, yeah, I mean? And I was like, right. yeah, I was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> so. um, we come back to I think it says like ten hours earlier or whatever, and uh, they catch us up on Wally. He's you know almost he's faster than Barry, but they don't want him to hurt himself because he doesn't have the training. Uh, so um, Joe and Iris and HR all agreed, and Cisco all agreed to dissuade him from being Kid Flash. Uh, HR wants to turn Star Labs into a public park with particle vision. <laughs> you can watch the particle accelerator explode from inside as a particle. You know. Do you know what that scene reminded me of? And, and correct me if I sound loony, but remember Michael Keaton and Night Shift? How he yes. was just like the idea yeah. man. Prostitutes. <laughs> he was like, yes. No, but first but you got that pros, is, okay? Yeah. Because you guys are pros. You know what you're doing <laughs> out there. But I like we had the micro cassette recorder. He's like, he's like, wait, newsflash, yeah. new idea. Oh, tuna fish with the mayonnaise in it. No, feed the mayonnaise to the tuna. Right. <laughs> this sounds like some stupid crap Michael King would come up with in that movie. Uh, a satellite alarm goes off, and uh, a meteor is headed for Central City, but uh, it's not a meteor. It's a Dominator dropship. And Barry's standing there while about 30 or 40 Dominators come running out of it. And one of them snarls at him. And all Barry can do is just yell, aliens! <laughs> and then he gets back. Um, we, the, uh, they show uh, Lila the next day and uh, at, the, at the site or whatever. And they show these guys that are very much the men in black. They don't call them anything yep. the government no well right. they did it's a take on that and a take on the heroes with the the glasses i think i think they threw that little thing with the glasses in there oh, too because okay. that was a hero's thing what they they did a lot of hr he would go after the and they were he was going after metas like that guy is oh, okay that was his thing he, his job was to go after anybody with abilities uh, Lila lets Team Flash know the Dominators uh, visited Earth in the 50s. They abducted a few people, but then split without warning. They never came back. Uh, but Lila tells Team Flash to stand down and let the government handle it. Yeah. You're right. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's going to work well. Advice ever. That always <laughs> well, happens. Even she knows that that's not going to happen. Come on. Barry's like, uh, you know, I, Iris tells him he can't do it alone, and Barry's like, that's right, I'm not going to. So he starts getting mm-hmm. his coalition together, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Green Arrow and Spartan are about to get riddled with bullets by Vigilante the way they shot it. Like it Show looked like it. just like a few seconds from yep. getting just like scar faced. Um, right. And, you know, oh. Barry comes in and zips them into Ali's old apartment, and, uh, <laughs> Diggle pukes off the balcony. He's like, I'll never get used to that. <laughs> and um, at this time, there's also uh, Theo walks in and, you know, for Oliver to sign something. And uh, he's like, aliens? Count me in. <laughs> so he catches up Oliver, Diggle, Felicity, and Thea on everything. Right. And Barry asks if uh, there's any way they can reach out to the legends. and Or he goes, uh, Stein and his group. And then uh, Arrow says, uh, oh, yeah, they're calling themselves the Legends now. Yeah, that was a good yep. little thing. So they, uh, they assemble at the Star Labs airplane hangar, 
Look familiar, anyone? Sure <laughs> did. So great. I, I We just got to stop for a second and just admire what a great homage they did there. And I just... Oh, it was just so exciting to see it. I wanted to go queue up some old Super Friends episodes after watching this. I mean, it just, it was, that means that much to me. It's so cool. There were a lot of little one-liners, too. Like, when uh, Oliver says, you know, calling themselves the legends, Barry's like, oh, that sounds kind of pretentious, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's also the scene where um, Diggle and everybody is, is getting together, and they're, they're all, you know, in the airplane hangar. He's like, you know, I never did drugs because I always thought I'd see something weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the throw up, they kept the throw up uh, thing going. Yeah. With Diggle, always throws up every time they do speed, and it cracks me up every time. He hates it. There's a lot of throwing up in this crossover. Yeah, I mean, Felicity. Yeah. Uh. The mention of Merlin and uh, when they when they have the during the other uh, the dreamlike state when they mention Merlin being a doctor, um, yeah, that his son is a doctor now, mm-hmm. and he is a doctor in Chicago Med. He mentions so Chicago isn't exactly next door. Yeah, he makes yeah. A, a mention about Chicago too. Exactly. You know, there are so, so many like, Easter eggs in that era episode, but you know, I had the yeah, Chicago man. Um, Martin and Jax uh, take Barry aside mm-hmm. and all aside and play the message from future Barry that they found right. the grave writer. And Barry from 40 years in the future tells Rip Hunter not to trust present day Barry because he messed with the timeline. So not only is he getting salty salt from Cisco oh and gosh. shade from everyone else, now his okay. own self in the future is getting into his shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> But I wonder, though, what's unclear to me is, did he do it again? I thought that something was going to happen where he does it yeah, I kinda again. Thought and it's not this. Not Flashpoint. There's a, something else again that he, okay. he changes okay. the timeline. And that's why he tells well, them not to. So, Daryl, think about it. Everyone does. Young Chub Toad used to always say, ah. Don't worry about it. Leave that to old Chub Toad. Old Chub Toad can deal with that. Now that I'm old Chub Toad, I don't like young Chub Toad. And if I could send a message back, I probably wouldn't talk very well about my young self either. So I kind of get where Barry's coming from. I I I believe that. <laughs> Barry brings over Supergirl from Earth 38. Mm-hmm. Cisco says. Yep. Yeah, 38, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, Heat Wave's like, what's so super about her? And she flies in the air and burns her S-crust into the cement with her heat vision. I'm calling you Skirt. And he's like, I'm convinced. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to call you that. I'm going to call you Skirt. <laughs> She's hot, too. And that's when Felicity says, best team up ever. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, I wrote that down. This is also when Iris, I didn't realize Iris didn't know that Oliver Queen was Green Arrow. No, she didn't. She's like, Oliver Queen is Green Arrow? Oh, that makes him twice as hot or something. <laughs> it makes him even hotter now. Yeah. <laughs> Green Arrow is like really suspicious of Supergirl. And they never, the only, it was something they didn't really explain well enough to me. You know what I mean? Do you feel threatened by Supergirl? Or like, you know, he's like, I'm dealing with it. And now I have to be friends with the one? Or? It was a non, it, they were trying to adapt 
the the Batman stance uh, right. on some stuff. Like they were trying yeah. to combine some of Batman's anti, you know, meta things like, well, uh, together. And you're too powerful, like. You but know, they never right. But they never really. I don't think they did it. Right. I don't think they wrote it right, and I don't think Oliver played it well, right. I, to make I, it makes sense. I agree, but I kind of felt, and maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of felt like they purposely didn't get it right. Like they, like they were just touching on it, like you know, homaging the bat to soups kind of thing, but not going directly at it. Well, he so. had said she, he was supposed to be. Remember when we had it? Remember when we talked about it previously? And I said, and, and when I read the article, and then when they were um, doing the interview with him, he said that they had wanted him to play it. A little bit more angrier at Kara, but every time he had tried to do oh. it, the scene it just yep. didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Now. Yeah, that'd have been an option for them. That's what I have in my notes here. Is like uh, Oliver versus Kara, very Batman. <laughs> yeah. So it like even even with the whole thing, it didn't come off as Oliver being mad. It came off more. It just came off awkward. Instead of angry, he was supposed to play it a lot angrier, you know, with with lashing out at her because her reaction was like, I'm mad. And even when there was a whole thing of um, when they're going to meet the uh, they thought they're meeting the president. And Barry says, why is what did you say to Kara? I've never seen her that mad. I didn't think she could get that mad from that conversation. It didn't fit. It didn't come off that she would be that. Yeah. Angry. She'd be annoyed, but it didn't. But I think she was—he was supposed to play it a lot angrier than he did, and it just didn't didn't work in the scenes when they tried. Well, to do. and he says, "I've never seen Carrie. He's only seen her once before. They teamed up the one cross. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not like he. Knows well, the way he said it well. is, she's always so smiley, even when well, and stuff. Yeah. That I I think it came off more of. I never thought the way that she's so light in her dispositions. I never thought she, she could be mad. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Future Barry's recording doesn't stay a secret for very long, like two scenes. Yeah. Because Cisco finds it and plays and uh, plays it, and mm-hmm. then uh, Barry has to tell everybody about Flashpoint, including Diggle. I'm glad. Yeah, so- I'm glad too. They just got it over with and, and out there. It was like an intervention for Flashpoint. It was. What'd you say about my backpack, baby? That's right. My, <laughs> my backpack, baby, is a boy. What do you mean I had a daughter? You know. And then Sarah's pissed because this is exactly what they're, like, trying to stop with the legends. And that she, every day she thinks about bringing back Laurel, but she can't. Mm. Well, Um, and I kind of was confused at Diggle's response. You know, I had a little girl. Yeah, but if he said you didn't have your son. So, I mean, what do you want? Do you want some daughter you never knew existed or the son that you've had his entire life? Well, you got to come at it from a parent. Though right, you I, lost I a mean, child, even though you gained a child, you lost a child. You still so, lost a child. You, yeah. you, you a child you didn't that. know existed, though. You know, doesn't matter. You, you, I don't you know. had he, one. He does end up getting over it pretty quick, but he's trying. He to, does, but yeah, yeah, he's trying to parse it out. I mean, it's not right. something. It's like what you know. It's not like something that happens every day, right? You took away his shit. I think what what, and I think it's a good thing to to show though is that you took away my choice though. Yeah. Right. You, you know what I mean? You took away, you, you didn't even, I had no say so in what you did, and you changed my, it totally changed my life. It, and to show how far reaching the effects of Flashpoint were, I mean. What? 
do you think like the first thing I thought when the forty years and 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 he says not to trust anyone, I swear the first thing I thought was Starro. Hmm. That when he comes, like something happens when he comes back, that no one is to be trusted. Now I wonder if it it'll probably it'll be changed. There's no way they're gonna keep it that way. But I wonder if it's like what happened with Superman in the cartoon and the Batman Beyond, where he disappears and he comes back and Starro's already infected most of the metas. Mm. And and that's the thing that has to change. Like maybe Starro comes sooner and they're able to stop it. But for now, when he said whenever I hear don't trust anybody and they start doing that for DC, it's always usually a Starro thing when they start yeah, saying that. Like true. don't trust anyone. Maybe that and could they, be the, the crossover next time. I, I could see that. I could like definitely Supergirl see that. Supergirl comes over to visit or whatever, and mm-hmm. she shows up, and everybody's all starroed out, you know? Yeah. I have a question, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but two things. One, wasn't didn't Barry's recording get found before Flashpoint happened, or was that after? It doesn't matter because they're in the time stream, though. They're kind of out of, the, They're out, of, out, out of play. They're out of play. The other piece too is, wasn't there a hint at Caitlyn's uh, ice abilities before Flashpoint, or was the first time we saw her that way with any hint of it after? It was after it's, because the only time she after. had any frost before was her Earth Two version. Okay, right. I, I I just wasn't sure if I was remembering that right or not. So okay, yeah. so because and then the thing, other thing too to remember that that I kind of got confused on for a minute and then I remembered is Stein's daughter be existing is not a result of Flashpoint. That's a result of his own thing, right? Yeah, he did right. that by he telling that. him. Right. When he when he told uh, his younger self that he needs to appreciate his wife more, get out more. Right. Oh, he right. appreciated yeah. her all the way to Pound Town. Man, did he? That's what and Usher they, says. That's hilarious. They said Pound Town. No, I haven't heard that forever. TV show with the youngest one saying it. Well, everybody's kind of distrustful of Barry or whatever since the the Dominators kidnapped the president. Oh yeah. So the entire team goes except for Oliver and Barry. And then they have this great scene with Stephen Amell and, and Grant Gustin inside, like, the Eobard Thon's, like, time vault there at Star Labs. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Oliver says, look, man, I would... He tells about what happened with his dad, like, killing himself so he could survive and, uh, you know, uh, all these other things. And, and trying to tell him, look, you know, you make choices and you deal with the, the mistakes. And, uh, you know, he tells Barry, you're not a god, you know. Nope. And, uh... I, I I thought it was a cool, I thought it was a cool scene to kind of put a cap on that, you know. At least, yeah, I think know. it did. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt about the whole crossover. Like it was a mini crisis in a way where they they just kind of resolved a bunch of crap that's been out there, and okay. all, all through this thing, and we came out the other side of this event, you know, with a fresh start, kind of. It's time. I mean, you can only yeah. do the yeah. I'm mad at you, I'm mad at you by changing the timeline so many times. You know, like, it's it's done. You did it. Now we have to deal with the consequences. And, you know, and it was good to did something happen. They did something else to mess up the timeline as well. So that, you know, it just shows how easy it is to to do something like that when you're messing around with time. Right. When they try to deal with the Dominators by going back right. in time, you know, I mean, they realize it again. You know, Cisco realizes it, and that's why he kind of forgives Barry and stuff. 
But I was really impressed by the way they took uh, a really like central character thread, like the redemption of Barry Allen, and made that like the overarching story. Like yep. in, mm-hmm. underneath everything else, I thought that was really smart of them. Instead of just you know, ooh aliens, bam bam bam, fight fight fight. You know what I mean? Right. I thought there right. were more stakes yeah. there, and it also explains why Green Arrow and Flash are fighting by themselves against all the rest of them under mind control. Mm-hmm. Right. So the other heroes go off, as I mentioned, looking for the president, and they end up brainwashed by the Dominators, and then this goes to the awesome fight uh, with Green Arrow and the Flash teaming up against everyone else. Yeah, it was cool. the 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 scene with the the uh, the Flash draws away. I think it's the Atom and Firestorm, and Supergirl, and he like does that lightning vortex and hurls the lightning at him. I yeah. always like that. Yeah, and really like he shorts out Adam's suit and like takes out Firestorm, but then like Supergirl just comes right back with heat vision and also almost scorches him. Um, uh, Kid Flash, you know, Wally comes out and like kind of offers an assist to to um. Oliver, when he needs it, by coming behind Team Arrow and kind of taking them all out. But Supergirl ends up like throwing him against a bus, so he uh, he's out of the he's out of play. So Oliver mm-hmm. has to has to fireman carry Wally through this like warehouse to get away from White Canary, Spartan, and yeah. Thea. Good well, Batman moment. Like it, it, I really Batman. felt like a good Batman <laughs> moment. Yeah, he's he's got to ca- he's got to deal with all of them coming at him, and he's just carrying them. He's carrying his a fellow teammate uh, as they're just shooting everything at him, and it's like he doesn't even pause. He doesn't even he doesn't even pause. He doesn't complain. He just nope. He just deals with it. That's it's a like Batman gr- moment. Grunting. And yeah. um, Flash like draws Supergirl away because uh, they've able to, they've been able to pinpoint where the mind control device is. <laughs> He gets her all mad and, and uh, uses his like hologram form that we haven't seen for a while. I think we saw that last in uh, maybe last season, where he makes yeah. like you know yeah. a, a vibrating image of himself, and Supergirl flies right through it and destroys the mind control machine. And then uh, it, it was just funny because this is where you know you um, Barry says you know you're not the first superhero to ever been mind controlled. Um, but I thought that scene, you know, where he's like, hey, Supergirl, let's see who's fastest. That was really well done, especially on a CW yep. budget, you know. Very smart. He's getting better with that. Like, a very decisive decision to make. Mm-hmm. And very, I like him when he's when he's smarter. I, I like when he learns. And, like, Wally, what Wally did was just totally... I know the first thing he needs to learn to do. Never stay in one spot too long, like, uh, like Oliver told you. Right. Like, uh, Oliver told uh, Barry, like... You you have the speed, use it. You don't sit in one spot and start talking when there's still now, people in play. Question, and I understand that I'm overlooking this, but for continuity's sake, wasn't the reason, the original reason that uh, Cisco made Barry's suit because his speed was tearing up his normal clothing? Because... Wally has yeah. not got a suit yet, and he keeps just running out and doing things, but his clothes are untouched. When he reaches a certain speed, remember it was when he reaches a first a certain velocity, that's when right, he dissolves but I thought, clothes. I thought, at, he was, I thought he was already faster than Barry was when Barry first started. Yeah, yeah but he hasn't been allowed to test it. Like he's wearing those star. Hey, it. he's wearing a Star Labs T-shirt that's made out of unstable molecules. Oh. Come on, guys! Unstable molecules, or or as they do in video games, because mm-hmm. because nano machines. 
Or as they did with Spider-Man in the 2000s because magic. Right. Anyway. Scroll Invasion. Boom. Yeah, there you go. It's a scroll invasion. Duh. Yep. There's a scene in this where Oliver's fighting against uh, you know White Canary and Thea and Diggle when he reaches back and there's no arrows. Yes. I did. Uh, was, yeah, I did like choice. that. I love that. He's like, <laughs> you knew that had to come. Like I was waiting for that to come. Like I don't have enough arrows. You did, oh, yeah. he, and when he said, uh, you, "You can you hold them all?" He said, uh, "Do you have uh, you you still have arrows left?" And he's like, "Not enough." Yeah. When he does the voice, and it's like, "But I'll do it anyway." When bat, and it was a, another Superman Batman moment because when Superman tells you, "Hold the line," and I'll be back. Not even a question. He just, I'll hold the line. That's it. It just is what it is. Like, I'd love how they work together. I, I hope we get, I hope we get more mini crossovers with, with characters too. That's what I hope for as well. Like many, like just two or three characters, like throughout the season, uh, interacting together in missions and whatnot. I would really like, I would I, really love a Kara and, and Ollie. Yeah, I mean, I would be fine if, you know, they just interweave these characters throughout each other's show all through the seasons, you know? I mean, not every single episode, but, you know. Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Yeah, Call call it Brave and the Bold. You could have, like, you know, Adam and White Canary doing something or, you know, whatever. Mix it up. You don't have to do it big. Just mix it up. One of my my favorite Silver Age titles, man, Brave and the Bold. You know, that and World's Finest. Totally. Um, but I thought they did pretty well with the CG on this, and um, yep. it, uh, and I just I, I thought this was a great first part to the the crossover. Yeah. Uh, oh, I I forgot to mention uh, Team Arrow gets zapped up into the uh, mothership. Right. Everybody else there, is left behind. There's a few moments through the crossover where the alien CG is a little, but you know. Well, I mean, you could tell. For all in all, they did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you could tell when the ship or, you know, it's all up in space in the daylight or scenes of the, you know, the aliens running around a little bit. They 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 didn't do it much. Like, they didn't do a lot of the aliens running around until we got to Legends, mostly. Mm-hmm. Because it's harder. It is expensive. It, it's, it's, it lets yeah. you have that type of money to do that. It's. You know, I mean, it's, I'm not complaining one bit. I think it was pretty awesome but there were just a few choices with like the aliens mouths and stuff that i'm thinking okay if they're gonna communicate telepathically why would they have mouths like that exactly you know and they just looked a little weird i I don't know but all in all i'm curious donnie salvo had just posted a little while ago on on taylor network you know about leave it to the arrow writers to cw up alien invasion so i'm kind of curious what he means by that but oh i i know what he means means. we're about to talk about it as soon as we grade super uh, as soon as we grade the flash exactly what do you guys give the flash i give oh by the way we forgot i think we forgot to grade supergirl didn't we oh yeah Um, we did i thought we were everybody knows that was an a well let's do let's do yeah let's do separate and then at the end we'll grade the crossover as a whole okay okay so i mean do we all give supergirl an a i I do. do i do Absolutely, yeah. Okay. That's an easy A. That's why we didn't even bother. That's an easy A. Right. Okay. All right, I'll go with it. And I give this wow. episode an A, too. The Flash episode, I just give it, I, I loved it. I thought it was a good setup for the crossover. It was mm-hmm. great to see just Oliver and Barry, like, together again, you know? It kind of reminded me of back when they had the very first crossover with just the two of them, you know? Right. Yep. Um, and, well, I, yeah, I give this one an A+. Plus. 
plus because they went with extra credit on this one with just some of the little, you know, references and things like that. And just, you know, of course, they're fixing to really get into reference in Easter Egg City in this Arrow episode. But all in all, yeah, they 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 went above and beyond in this flash. I, I feel they did a great job. So it's all around. Yeah, we'll agree. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with it. Hey. Um, it's season five, episode eight. It's episode one hundredth, uh, one hundred of the show. And uh, Oliver and company are—they're redoing the uh, the Superman story for the man who had every has everything, where they're having yeah. their ideal lives play out before them. And in this version of Oliver's life, he never got on the Queen's Gambit. Right. So we see what Oliver's life would have been like. Uh, it starts out with him running in the woods, which is a callback to the arrow pilot. And like, I think the opening of pretty much every season. Um, oh, wow. I know he's always, always have him running in the woods, but he's just like running on the grounds of the arrow estate or uh, the queen estate. Right. On the day of his, before his wedding. And inside he is canoodling with, um, Laura Lance. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. And they're about to get married. Mm-hmm. And Oliver doesn't have any of his tattoos or scars or burns. None of it. Yep. He's uh, he's soft boy now, I guess. He's um, all clean. He never got on. He never got on the Queen's Gambit. He never cheated on Laurel with her sister. Nope. He never went through five years of hell. Nope. Uh, but and all, all those people that were dead are back. Like his parents are alive again, and it's him, Thea, uh, Diggle, Ray Palmer, mm-hmm. and Sarah. And they're all assembling for this wedding. Uh, this is, Diggle is still um, um, Oliver's bodyguard, and also, well, he finds out later he has a little thing on the side or whatever. I wasn't that clear on if he was or not because he said, uh, I, "He said yeah, I was once your body, or you were once my bodyguard, or something like that." And then he shows yeah. up again later. Um, to he show said something him. about my brother. He said you, you something about you, his brother or something when he said that. Well, that's, I mean, that's later when he finds out that he's the hood or whatever. Um, well, no, yeah. he tells he goes, you're thinking of my brother because his brother was a bodyguard. Uh, right. Yeah, he said, you're thinking of my brother. That's yeah, but that's right. not till later after he gets, like, robbed with his dad and stuff. Yeah, when he's in the cave, yeah. Right. Yeah, we have this cave. whole scene with um, Cisco coming to the Arrow Cave mm-hmm. to vibe on, um, on uh, Oliver's bow, and he sees them all in a, uh, alien pods. And... Uh, he says, like, it's a little alien, a little Star Trek, J.J. Abrams style. <laughs> That's <what I> was <laughs> pretty funny. And Curtis is, like, totally geeking out about hacking alien tech. He's like, this is the best yeah. day of my life, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, Seriously, he was gleeful. Seriously happy. It was hilarious. Now, when they when they vibe together to, like, you know, transport themselves there, I, I don't know why, but I got a Wonder Twins vibe. I don't, it was crazy, <laughs> but it just... I don't know. It just popped into my head when they clashed. Well, it was like every Disney like teenage yep. movie or something, or or Wonder Twins, all that when they're holding hands and concentrating, like it's right. anything that had powers, like Witch Mountain, right? You know that all of that. Yeah. Like it's, it's channeling that. I mean, it, you you can't help but think about that a little bit. It, it's just funny because later when he does it with steel, it's like the bro the bro handshake, you know, yeah, seventies bro handshake. <laughs> totally. Like totally. wow, man, we get what's next? You know, like slipping some skin or something and that's how you get vibe. <laughs> there's a scene where Oliver's out with his dad and his dad wants him to take over Queen Industries and uh, they walk by this smoke technologies building 
and yeah. something doesn't something causes uh, Oliver to have like these weird flashes when he sees that right. thing, kind of freaks him out. Well, it shouldn't exist in this. I mean, if right. Ray never bought Queen and then all that, that building should not exist. Uh, so Jamie Sheridan and Stephen Amell get robbed by a guy from Central Casting. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's like, how, how more of a cliche mugger could there be in, in this guy, you know? I am here to rob you. Right? Did he have, like, the black and white striped shirt? Because he might as well have. You know? <laughs> that, that's all he was missing, that and the domino mask. <laughs> and while, he's, while, the, while they're getting robbed, they're... Uh, uh, Oliver stands in front of his father to defend him, and all of a sudden the hood comes down. Now, if the black guy's the Green Arrow, why do they got to call him the Hood? Because he don't got that helmet. I'm just saying. I know. Asking, he doesn't have his helmet or whatever. They have to call him the Hood, right? So, um, anyway, he goes. Uh, Oliver's at the police station talking to Quentin Lance. He's like, oh, I'll buy you a drink. I'm like, oh, they're kind of on the nose with that because he's the you know, alcoholic right. and stuff. Um, they had the rehearsal dinner. The um, All the women look really good in this, except for Thea's hair. She had that kind of... Uh, cr- was, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jerry. I, I know you, you're in charge. Of, you're the hair <laughs> editor, but I just have to say... I don't know if you agree no, with me or not. Call. That's you know what? I've I've kinda let up on the hair talk since you know our listeners were so vocal our listener was so vocal. Hey, listener. <laughs> oh, there's more. Than this one. one time? Okay, anyway. Wow. <laughs> so now everyone hates my hair talk. Well, I if you noticed it, it obviously happened. So I don't even have to touch on that, but somebody should have quaffed her yeah. shit better. So, yeah. um, I don't know what you're talking about, Jerry, because I appreciate the hair talk, and you know I was waiting for this moment for you to discuss the hair talk, and now you're just dismissing it and glossing it over. Mm-hmm. I, well, you know her hair should have been glossed. That's a problem. So, should have been quaffed. It should have been glossed. It should have been something. Okay, something. I think they were tired by the time they got to this one. There were a lot of characters. I mean, that, that makeup chair had to be really, really busy in hair. You know it was. You know it had right. to be. Right. So I'll, I'll give them this one, but they know they can do better. So, so right. um, at the um, Oliver skips rehearsal dinner. He kind of, like, follows his way downtown and finds his way into the lair of the hood, which is the arrow air, air cave, right. but with some potted plants in there, if you noticed. Oh, of course. <laughs> and Felicity is in there with a new haircut or whatever. Yeah, and uh, it's ju- and the hood himself jumps on Oliver, and it's Diggle with a voice changer, which is funny to hear him be the do the to do, do the, the voice. voice. Yeah, yeah. It was also weird that like okay, Oliver Queen's like secret desire would have been not to get on the Queen's Gambit, but Diggle's secret desire would have been to be Green Arrow. I think his desire is just to not have to wear that goddamn helmet. <laughs> <laughs> At least the hood looks cool, right? Yeah, it did. I mean, I came out the shadows. That was that was really cool. And um, he says he says to uh, Diggle, he says, "My name is Oliver Queen." I did love Diggle when he said, "No one can know my secret." Yep. No one. With Felicity just shouting in the background. Yeah. Um. They they uh. We see like them continuing to have more and more flashes of the the real lives or whatever. Um. That he, you know, he has flashes of, uh, and you know, Thea has the same kind of flashes when she sees her mom later. Oh yeah, of uh, getting killed by, um, getting, you know, getting killed by Deathstroke and stuff. 
And um, Sarah has this line, you're lucky I'm not a trained assassin or anything to Oliver because well, he has the rehearsal funny. dinner. And yeah. that's when, um, you know, Oliver's like kind of going out of his mind. He's like, Laurel, you know, let's say Lope, let's just want to go. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give this, you know, this life is the best. I don't want to give it up. But then Diggle shows up and he wants to talk to Oliver. And they realize that they are in a shared hallucination, especially when Deathstroke shows up to attack them. I, you know what? I might have to change my uh, thing on on Deathstroke being the one who is Prometheus because I don't think they mess with that actor anymore. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think that act. It's it's it, it's telling that that actor is not was not in this. Yep. Not in this episode at all. The you know the guy that played Deathstroke because he was part of this this whole thing from the beginning, right? So yeah. it, I, I don't I I I'm I think I don't know I don't have confirmation but I kind of get the feeling that maybe either he doesn't want to come back to the show anymore or they don't want him back in the show anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'll have to see what Prometheus says. Like the um. The season finale is next week, so maybe it could be then that we find out. Because mm-hmm. uh, if he was going to be in it, he would be in it. Like, they would take that mask off and have him talk to him. Like, there's no reason they wouldn't. Right. Well, like I said, unless they wanted to save the reveal for, you know, mid-season or... Could be. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Or who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, Sarah shows up and helps them and kills Deathstroke and runs him through the sword. And she's like, how did I do that? She has no idea. And she's still in her bridesmaid dress. Uh, they figure out that uh, Ray and Thea are the other, uh, you know, dreamers or whatever, and that uh, that smoke technology's building must be where, you know, there must be some way out there because it feels wrong to all of them. It doesn't fit in either reality. So, um, back in the real world, um, Team Team Arrow leftovers. Um, Mr. Terrific and Wild Dog hang out with Supergirl and the Flash to fight Cyborg Girl. Yeah, I don't remember that villain. Is that a villain that I missed? It's a real yeah. villain, but we haven't seen her before in uh, in the sh- in the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I figured we didn't Let's get it. We didn't see her before, but they kind of made like she's just been around. Yeah, whatever, Cyborg Girl. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. there is a great scene where Barry and, and well, Wild Dog goes in and, and tries to like take her out, and then Barry and uh, mm-hmm. Kara show up, and they tag team, like they walk out and like tag up. So you know, yeah, when you need out. someone to say the when you need someone to say the angry right wing stuff, sometimes yeah. just they just give the lines to right to to Wild Dog just right. to say like he, he's just that guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's so dumb. Seriously, it's just—it's like okay, let's get some kind of fake foil or some kind of unneeded yeah. tension. Oh, let's make Cisco petty. Oh, Wild Dog is you know unbelievably racist this episode. I don't know. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. He's just an uh, asshole. He just has to be that, and then it gets knocked down, and then and then he. Has... What happened to me was he's all like down on matters, down on matters, and then this, yeah. ha- this happens with the cyborg girl, and then he's like, yeah. okay, you guys are all right. Yeah, just yeah, like it's like all over, you know. It's like it turns around so quick. Uh, back in Dreamland, Thea and Malcolm are talking about Tommy and his new job as a doctor in Chicago. And uh, Sarah pulls Ray away and kind of explains, you know, would hit him what's going on. Oliver realized that Laurel and Queen Consolidated aren't his life anymore, and he has that scene where he hugs his parents kind of goodbye because he realizes yeah. it's not real. Uh, tears up a little bit. 
And he goes to get Thea, but Thea doesn't want to leave. Thea's like, Thea's like Joey Pants in the, the Matrix, you know? Yeah. I'm eating steak. I'm eating steak. I'm, I'm not leaving. Large. Yep, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. This hair. I don't even care. Yep. That hair. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's That's almost right. as bad as Carl's hair on The Walking Dead. It's serious. Oh, no, it ain't that bad. And then, um... She, you know, you know, Thea's like, well, what, you know, what, what if this is the reward for always sacrificed or whatever? And then Oliver has that line, I didn't make those sacrifices for a reward. I did what I did because I thought it was right. Yeah. Batman! Right. <laughs> and Thea's like, I can't lose him again. And it was a real, like, uh, it was kind of a snuggy moment there. Oh, yeah. Um, a CW the- moment. I don't want to wait. It's they um as they as they leave the uh, the wedding the five of them are stopped by their most evil of nemesis nemesises or whatever uh, out in the garden. Uh, there's death. There's Deathstroke um, to fight uh, Oliver. Damian Dark is there to fight Sarah. Malcolm Merlin is there to fight Thea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of mirror cure soldiers that killed his uh, his uh, original fiance Anna are there to fight Ray. And then the guys who, I don't think, is this supposed to be like his brother under that mask? That's what I thought. Because he was yeah, dressed the way his brother would have been. I figured yeah, it was his brother, actor. but they weren't going to pay for the actor to come back. Pro- yeah, I think so. I think that's the case. Thea decides to join them. So all five of them fight. And I thought it was cool that here in this one scene, Oliver gets to have revenge on Deathstroke. Because you never got to kill him, right? Right. Um, Sarah gets to have revenge on Dark because she never got to kill him. Mm-hmm. Roy, uh, uh, Ray gets to confront his fears about the Mirakura guys who killed him. You know, I mean, they all had like their tailor-made kind of thing, and it was a cool fight. I thought it was really dope the way they they shot it, and it just looked really great. This this is one of my favorite parts of the whole crossover. Was this fight here? It just was so well done. And then after the fight's over, Laurel shows up to like give, you know, them one, you know, try to one last time to to um, reason with them and have them come back to the the, you know, the the dream world or whatever. And then Oliver says goodbye, and then uh, he's like, you know, you always deserve better anyway, kind of. And they split. The uh, they find a big shiny doorway. And then as Oliver's about to step through the big shiny doorway, it's like this Return of the Jedi thing. Mm-hmm. With like his mother and his dad and like, oh yeah, and Tommy, and like all the, hey, you're all right. You're okay. You're not a villain. <laughs> you know, Felicity tells Oliver he's not done fighting and Tommy tells him he's a hero. Yeah, and they pay me better on Chicago, man. Yeah. Roy, Roy says he saved him his life and Laurel yeah. says, you know, never, you know, never give up or whatever. Um and, uh... Back in the Aero Cave, the tech team realizes that the alien tech is like using some sort of numerology from the Torah. Mm-hmm. And they figure out the latitude and longitude, which shows up as negatives, which means, oh, they're in space. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so the five of them wake up in space jammies and kind of creep down the hallway, Metal Gear Solid style, and they run across some Dominators and they fight them uh, very Star Wars-y now, way, with their own alien weapons. Now... Here's my question. So they got all of these aliens aboard this ship. They all have jobs they got to do and whatnot. Right, right. There was no one monitoring their their progress inside the Matrix. I mean, they didn't. I mean, I'm just saying was once they all left the wedding. You're correct. 
shouldn't that have been like, you know, uh, red alert, sir, they have woken up from the Matrix, uh, and, like, security and all their red shirts go running down to fight them. But no, they just woke up and walked out. They're busy. Yeah, we don't have that many episodes. We don't. We don't have that's that much true time. Too. That's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the true too. That's the real reason. I mean, the story true, reason right. though is they're busy. I mean, they're yeah. in the middle of conducting a huge invasion of Earth, dude. All right, but they're yeah. But you know the deal. It's like with Supergirl when when they had all the alien. That's the hard part when you have all this. When you have a so-called army, it's it's like you know how do you make that army disappear when you need them to, so they can sneak off or something. Anyway, they make their way to a dropship that has, like, no uh, controls, really. Thea puts her hand out on, like, a touchpad, and it starts off. Kind of like Scooby-Doo or something. You know? It's, like, it's kind of obvious. I thought that they would just realize it's probably it probably flies by your thoughts. Right. I figured they'd figure that out, but they didn't really seem to They never did. did. No, they never not um, time. Because, you know, the Dominators, you know, speak in telepathy and stuff. Yeah. So they zip away, and they have, like, about 50 CGI uh, ships coming after them. And right, it's Yes, and just in the nick of time, they're picked up by the Wave Rider. The and, Wave uh, Rider. Haywood is there to greet them, uh, tractor beating them on. And Thea says, this is exactly twice as many spaceships as I ever thought I'd be on. <laughs> that was a fun line. Yeah, it was. Uh, Ray starts to think about what they went through and stuff, and then he realizes that um, they were trying to... They're trying to figure out, get intel on the metahumans without uh, actually kidnapping a metahuman. And that's why they took them. Right. Uh, which, I mean, is a decent story conceit as to why they were taken. Well, they they, they also said um, really quickly, and it, it makes sense that they didn't want to take a metahuman because it'd be dangerous. If they did get out, they'd be on their ship. And they're dangerous, more dangerous to contain. They took the non-metas. Yep. That makes sense. It does. I love it when the story makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Gideon's able to translate a phrase that Ray heard into, we are nearing completion of the weapon. Right. And they realize that the mothership is on a direct course to Earth. This is the smartest I've ever seen Ray. Ask. Yep. Fine. Well, since his first few appearances. I thought no, he was I mean, great when he I first mean, showed up, but since, since no, no, just no, before Legends... Since- since yeah. Legends. I'm yeah. Since yeah, Legends. I agree. This, this I agree. Smartest he's been. Like he, he did not do one dumb thing in this entire crossover. You sure? That's shocking, actually. I know. I was looking. I was. Lo- I was looking. He didn't do anything dumb. He even figured out stuff that they needed. You have to watch this. And he built a new Adam suit. Well, not the Andy new. Bu- and he built steel a costume. <laughs> Yeah, and he's getting an upgrade, baby. Oh no! Because Cisco looked at it and he yeah. said, "Oh, I can fix that." I look like a <laughs> <lot of> money, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you listen, no wizard, Cisco. Yeah. it's time. It's time to get that. Yeah, they need to. They need to slim that down some. It's time. Okay, so Arrow, episode one hundred, invasion. What do you guys think? What What is the letter grade here? I'm gonna go B. It wasn't yeah, as great B. as the other ones. No. Sorry. <laughs> because it was a dream sequence, and it, you know yeah. that kind of always takes me out when it's too much yes. dream thing. Yeah. It was good though. I mean, even if it yeah. wasn't for that, it just it was good. I think yeah, we can agree that. I'll have to say B, but I really want to give it more because seeing Laurel again and not being annoyed <laughs> was kind of cool. That's true. Right. And. Fair enough. 
but on the other hand, there were just some things that, and I wondered, I'm not complaining, but I wonder when all the little alien ships came after them in the wave rider, mm-hmm. that scene where they're all just bugging out of the mothership, it looked like, it looked like they actually did that with practical little models and did that effect of them coming out. And, you know, which was very B filmish like. That's a valid, that is a valid thing though. But at the same time, I really loved it. But then again, I love those old films like that, too. But I, I, I really like that. But all in all, yeah, it's a B. I give it an A-. minus. It was just a little off the mark for me. I really liked all the Easter eggs and the call-outs to the show before. Um, that that last fight in that episode was was dope. Um, you know, with uh, with all the old characters back and everything. Uh, I really enjoyed that, so I give it I give it an A minus. It might just it was just a little bit short of being like totally an A for me yeah. anyway. I dug it. Legends of Tomorrow Invasion Season Two oh, Episode Seven. Did did anybody catch the Quicksilver uh, Easter egg? Quick Quicksilver homage no. kinda in no. the in the show when they met the president. Did you notice that uh, when they had uh, Barry did the Quicksilver thing where he aimed one time, he aimed a bullet at a guy's shoulder, he took another gun and he aimed it down, he punched another person, like he'd slow oh, yeah, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, when they was, meet them, when they meet yeah. the men in black, you mean. Right, right. Yeah. And he told Barry, if you're gonna do something, do it quick, and he starts to do kinda, the only thing missing was the music with the headphones, but that a lot, that was, I think that that was like a little, Homage Jim Croce song, they probably couldn't afford it, you know. That's a yeah. I think that was a little homage to the Quicksilver, the X Men movie. Could be, yeah. That was in this episode where they ended up meeting the Men in Black, the same guy who tortured the Dominator back in the fifties. That's where Nate, Maya, and Mick go on the ship, and of course Felicity and Cisco want to go because time ship. They're geeking out about traveling. I I get it. I I would totally be on the same. Yeah. side there <laughs> time travel i'm in i'm so mad at barry yeah that's that's the thing it was at first i was thinking cisco would not want to do that because all the time you know heartache time travel has caused him but then i realized he wanted to get away from barry so well that and he's a techno geek and i mean of course time travel i get it, get it. Uh, they go to 1951 where the dominators first came to earth and once they start retreating uh, Mick spies one an opportunity to grab at the Dominator and go. They knock the Dominator out, but before they're able to, they're taken out by a team of men in black suits. Um, <laughs> do you notice the emphasis there? Oh yes, men, men in black suits, uh-huh. uh, led by a man in glasses who looks oddly like the dude who talked back at Lila in 2016, uh-huh. and is now surrounding Oliver, Barry, and Sarah and Ray with guns. Um, he tells, uh, Barry does his thing to get out, like you said, this Quicksilver homage to kind of get all the guns and everything pointed away from them. And he says that, uh, he tells, this is when he tells Barry that, you know, if he turns himself over to the Dominators, they have, they said they will go away. They only, they said they only have beef with him because he's the one who messed up the timeline. So now, not only is Barry at fault for all the stuff from Flashpoint. It's his fault now that the Dominators came to Earth. 
Um, so it turns out that his actions are the ones that brought the Dominators back to Earth because they realized that a growing number of metahumans would become a threat, especially, you know, speedsters that could change a timeline or whatever. So, um, Nate, Amaya, and Mick are trapped in like a, uh, it looks like a school uh, cafeteria <laughs> from the 50s. And uh, for some reason, the tranquilizer they got uh, hit with neutralized their powers, which I didn't get at all. Yeah, no, I was like, huh, what? But they keep them in the same room with the Dominator, and they're able to like <clears throat> they're able to kind of communicate with the Dominator, and uh, but then they end up taking the Dominator away to go torture him up the hall. Right, and it happens. Uh, yeah, that was a little silly, but I yeah, they yeah. put them in the same room with it, but I, time frame they needed to talk well, to the Dominator before. Yeah, well, I thought that at first too. Why would they put them in the same room? But then I figured that guy, the head guy anyway, was so damn smug that he probably didn't even consider it any kind of a threat putting them in the same room. Just you know, bah, put them down there. Right. Oh, that's fine. Just let's yeah, it's fine. Water boredom. Mm-hmm. No, I just said water boredom. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yep. they we're probably gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> We uh, get a scene with Felicity and Cisco about Cisco being st- still being salty with Barry. Mm-hmm. Very CW moment between the two of them for you know for the two of them, but then Gideon sounds the alarm, it snaps him out of it, and uh, they realize that Mick and Amaya and Nate have been taken hostage, so they break out the blasters, and they uh, go in, take out the guards, and barge right in. Um, they hear the Dominator being tortured up the hall, and Cisco and Nate argue that they have to help free the Dominator. Maybe if they show the Dominator's metahumans can be better, that'll change the alien's mind. Yeah, that was all Cisco saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whatever, dude. All right. Um, they rush into the testing room, they take out the humans, and they allow the Dominator to take the dropship back to the mothership. Um, Cisco gets a cool little uh, Walkman from the <laughs> Dominator before he leaves. All right. all right. When they get back to the hangar, Cisco turns on the Walkman uh, from their alien pen pal, but he says he can't grant mercy. The Dominators must get their hand, dominating hands on Barry Allen. And if Barry Allen doesn't turn himself in, they'll deploy a weapon to exterminate all metahumans once and for all. Just like the thing on Cadmus, uh, on Supergirl tonight. Oh, yeah. Only, only for aliens, and this would be for metahumans. Right. And they changed the timeline. <sighs> what? Cisco and Nate vibe to the mothership. They talk with the Dominator, and then he revu- tells them that their, their race believes that metahumans will eventually destroy their uh, world. Um, if the metas didn't come to 1951 to free him, they wouldn't be uh, targets. They allude to other worlds, too, which I want to know more about also. Yeah. Other worlds with metas. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing I'm curious about is did Krypton not have the same fate in this universe well they make like they kill them they made like they they destroy yeah. other worlds because Kara, at some point in the beginning of the crossover makes mention about yeah we called the, we didn't call them dominators or something but they knew about them yeah so i'm just but i'm curious maybe they didn't do anything to that maybe krypton is fine and you know I, i'm I thinking know. maybe krypton didn't win oh yeah maybe but then did Daxamite, did all the others? I'm thinking, like, the first thing I thought was when we had that conversation where it keeps going through my head, why are there no other aliens coming to right. this Earth? Like, why is it only, 
it's no Kryptonians, no Daxamites, no nothing, no no Martians. And it, I always thought, like, what if the reason why they're not any, they're none, is because some race or something went out there and destroyed them yeah. ahead of time because they thought they'd be threats to them. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And they kind of say that they've done something like this before. Barry is ready to, uh, well, this is when Cisco feels awful or finds out that, you know, he starts to understand what Barry's going through as far as changing the timeline and feeling regret I, over that or stuff. I, I thought I was doing the right thing. But I, I end up messing everything up, making it worse. <laughs> Who does this remind me of? Oh, yeah, Barry. Oh, oh. oh I know. Maybe I should uh, forgive him after being mad at him and salty with him all season. Well, the other said, I know. The other thing, too, is in timelines and universe, alternate universes and things like that, sometimes things just happen in a different sequence. Maybe his brother would be dead anyway. It's just that it happened at a different moment. Well, they said that. Actually, I forgot who he was talking to, but they said that to... Uh, I think, no, I think Oliver was saying that to Barry, where... Yeah, when they were in the it's time still, vault or whatever, he's like, you know, you, life has changed, and thing, you know, you can't foresee what's going to happen, right, and right. who knows, might, things might have happened without you changing the timeline. Exactly, you don't know what inadvertently changed yeah. that timeline. You never know what you'll miss. Sometimes you just got to stop and look around. Okay, Ferris. Where's the stuff king? We need him. Where is he? Anyway. Barry, Barry's about to leave to go give himself up to the Dominators. Yeah. And uh, there's a uh, Mick has this line where he's like, listen, Red, I don't like you. But when you got a crew, you don't take a hit for the rest. It was a nice scene, though. I did it was like good. that. It was, it was a scene. good Corny as hell. Well, man. yeah, especially I, when Cisco is like, you're not, my, you're not a hero to me. You're my friend. Yeah, corny. Oh, as lots of feels. Oh, lots of feels. This is where I puked during the during the CW show. This is actually where I literally puked. So <laughs> where you puked. Puked. the puke theme is strong. Okay, just it, carry through. It did have a moment. <laughs> it made you puke, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, had I to thought stop. it was very had... kind of proven that he, you know, he was like he was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to make up for what he had done, you know. But he's easy. He's always willing to sacrifice. <laughs> oh, Jerry, you know you had tears streaming down your cheeks. No, sweetie, I was sober, so there was no tears and lots of vomit. <laughs> yeah. Not like but I'm watching. Cat, this is us. Cat that crap up if I leave it there, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh God! Oh. So Stein, with the help of his new daughter, who has popped up in the timeline now. I like her too. I do too. She's awesome. I enjoy her character very much and want more. Yeah. Well, they said she's going to be regular for the rest of the season. So. Awesome. Good. Um, they come up with a, a nano machine that's able to give the dominators excruciating pain, but they have to put that on them all at the same time. So they can hit them all at once, or they're going to be able to figure out what they're doing. So the metahumans all get together and meet a big crowd of dominators on top of a building and start to fight. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah and Cisco go off in the Wave Rider to try to stop the meta bomb, which is the bomb that's going to kill all the metahumans off. All right. As well as destroying most of Central City. So. Oh, wait, and Supergirl, you stay away from me. Yeah, Arrow's like, you know, watch yeah. you hang back or whatever. But then during the fight, what happens? Oliver falls off the roof, and there's Kara sure to save does. his ass. Exactly. Right? Which then, was a good thing, because I'm sitting here thinking, why was why didn't they send her 
to stop the bomb thing. I mean, why they wouldn't have needed the 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 tractor beam and all the stress going on. It's just send Supergirl up there. She'll grab it and throw it out into the at, you know outside the atmosphere. Well, why didn't they just bring Superman and Martian Manhunter and Galactus and everyone else with them? They just could have done exactly. that too. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why didn't they just get He Man <laughs> and the Thundercats and Mumra yeah. and all those guys too? And She-Ra. Yeah, sure. Could do that too. Schnarr, schnarr, schnarr. Anyway, can we get Voltron? Only if we can get Voltron. No, no Voltron. Oh, he's going too far. They're all cats that form together to me. You don't have time for all that. It's only an hour show. You don't have time to go through that whole Voltron forming together thing. That show's half over. Yeah. (laughs) By the time they get their shit together, it's all it's over, man. Um, we, we get a little bit of everyone doing their thing, you know, mix frying mm-hmm. and Nate is stealing and Amaya goes into elephant mode and Oliver and Digger, Diggle are just shooting away. And every once in a while they'll cut in Barry and they'll show him putting these little discs on the Dominators, which is really good. Right. I, I like the way they shot that. I it, did too. I it did. Was, it was a cool fight scene. And then to have Barry like cut in, I you agree. know, it slows down with those. That was pretty sweet. Um, then Supergirl and Barry realize that they're, they're the only two fast enough. To get the devices attached to all the other Dominators. So they go off in super speed while the rest of them fight. Um, Sarah and Cisco brace themselves for whatever Firestorm does. Jax is like, no, it's too big, Gray. It's too big. I can't. I can't, Gray. It's too big. I can't. What? She's going to blow. And then Stein is like, like, look, I have a daughter. Her name is Lily. And he goes on this whole thing. He's like, you must do it, Jefferson. And then he turns her. it all into he, uh, And then they up. broke out into that damn spiritual, and he started humming. No. Oh, that was a couple episodes ago, man. Oh. <laughs> that was a, that was the roots episode. You meant, you, you got oh, messed up there. My bad. I thought it was that one. So he turns it all into water. Cisco's like, they did that. They can do that. <laughs> yeah, I like that though. That reaction to it. It's just um, cool. Oliver gives the order for Felicity to hit the big button. And it's do it! Do it! All the Dominators fall to their knees and retreat. But all of them, not just the one they tagged, but all of them around the world. All of them. They ran like little, little, scared little aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Something else, but I told it. There existed alien tales between their non-existent. They sure did. They were running. And uh, Oliver says, Firestorm, he did it. And then Oliver's like, and Firestorm's like, no, Oliver. And then Barry's like, we all did it. Yeah. And they have that big heroic pose on top of the building. And then there's a new heroic pose when the new president, uh, not Linda Carter in this universe, by the way. Oh. Are accepted. uh, And they're accepted as heroes. And, you know, he wave leans over to Sarah and is like, is it just me or is she really hot? (laughs) Sarah's like, nope, nope, she's hot. That's right. So, um, yeah, that was this episode. I'm trying to just gel the world too. Uh, and then we got a little couple of things that happened. I mean, we lost the president. They got a new one. The world really knows about these metas now, and they know about Supergirl now, right? Even though she's uh, not on that planet. Even though she's not on that planet, and that they're uh, maybe they, I don't know if they're going to be like sanctioned by the government, but like they're have like tacit government approval, you know. No, but I like how she can go back and forth anytime she wants now, thanks to Cisco. 
Well, True. I've been waiting for that for the longest time yeah, to get that I, out the way. I don't. I, Why I'm, can't he make that, that for Wells though, so he can come back and forth? He and we don't can. Have to he can. <laughs> ah. There's no reason why he can't. But that party they have at the end is pretty cool. They're popping the champagne. They have a group hug with Kara and right. Oliver and yep. and, uh, and the Flash and uh, Barry. And then that's when Cisco gives her the little doodad that lets her go whenever she wants. And did you catch Kara's like, you really are Earth's mightiest heroes? Yes, I did. Which is um, a dig at, told dig at the Avengers. That's what the tagline of the Avengers comic was for years. Right, yeah. And then Brandon Ralph looking at her and saying, you know what's funny? She really looks like my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, uh, Felicity said, it's like looking in a mirror. Yeah, it's like looking in a mirror. Okay. But uh, a hot mirror at that, boy. Older suit and glasses talks right. to talk to Nate, but Kara reveals uh, reveals that she's taking care of his tirade against metahuman. She's spoken to the already spoken to the new president, and he's gonna be shipped off to Antarctica. And also, we got another important thing too: is they're gonna set up uh, um, a thing for uh, aliens to investigate aliens and metas. DEO, right? She goes. I told her about the DEO on my planet, and she was very mm-hmm. interested. So that might be a whole new shade to the you know the Arrowverse now, right? Well, if that connects with the Flash opening up the Star Labs, mm-hmm. like if that oh, could yeah. be the connective tissue to that where he would get support, they would actually that get would support. Be good. And it would <laughs> make sense now where you can, you know, like if troubled metas, you can actually have a place where you could take them and they, you know... I just want to know who's, who's paying for everything. I mean, where's the money coming That's from? That's the thing, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought Cisco keeps selling his tech to law enforcement or something. And that's we where never get coming. that. We never. They mentioned that once, like last season. Never get mentioned again because we never see the cops using that stuff. Nope. They've never used it since that episode. We've never seen it. And I, I would like that. Use it. Like, I, it'd be cool if they would That'd be a good continuity have bit. Right, like if they have episodes where they're taking out this tech stuff and they're using it and they're, you know, to capture some of these. Because they just get killed left and right. Every time they have right. to deal with a meta, they just always get killed until Barry comes. So it would be nice to, for it to, you can kind of keep your cops from being murdered. It would be good for for, for Arrow, too, uh, you know, to have them yeah. uh, equipped with weapons so that they don't constantly have to be cannon fodder every time. There's someone that comes around with superpowers. Right. Uh, Mick tells, he says, hey, Skirt, call me. That was good. Right. Mm-hmm. They've changed the world. I mean, they've really changed the uh, the landscape now on that, on this world. For sure. I mean, they're, they're connected now. I mean, you know, the like possibilities that, are endless. Dig, I think oh, Diggle gives a little bit of a, um, of a of a Diggle speech to uh, Barry here too. Yes, he did. He's like, I forgive you, Barry, and you should forgive yourself as well. You know. Right. Then uh, Oliver and Barry start talking. He's like, you know, we should just hang out as friends or whatever. And then she, he's like, well, what would we do? And then they show them just the two of them at a bar. Right. Favorite part. I think that's my favorite part. And um, them at the bar. They realize the new normal is nothing but normal, and they just have a really cool moment there at the end of the, at the end of the episode. Yeah, I like when they said we we've seen how it is without with having uh, having a regular life, but they were not, but you didn't feel full. Right, and then they toasted to a full life. 
Yeah, so that that works. That that's connected. I I hope now though because they they have not really talked. You know, like they Barry and them are not. They haven't really talked while all the stuff is going on, and I hope that they. Um, I mean, they train and then they come together in time of crisis, but they right. never really like you know just kind of hang out. They never exchange information either, which I think would be a good thing. You know, like to, for them to exchange information to share metas because they're leaving town and going to other places. So I mean, you could I think it would be kind of cool to 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 kind of have it where they're cha- they're, they're exchanging information and tech. You know, they can help each other out. I mean, you could really do something with... Yeah, but they won't. <laughs> well, I, I think because of how well this did... Yeah. I laugh at that, oh, too, because I, I think that yeah. how well the, the, the ratings for this did, they're going to have to work on... Because it's difficult for them. They're not, they're not really... This okay. is not easy for them to do the connective tissue. Obviously, in some of the, some, yeah, some of the choices, it was very easy, yeah. But I think they're getting the. I mean, but they're they're not getting a hint. They're getting told straight up. People want more connective tissue with these yeah. with the shows. They want it. Right. So. Yeah. The uh, it's the I was you know before I was gonna save it for the end for the news, but yeah, the the ratings on these have all been all been high. It's second highest rated of legends episode of legends ever after the mm-hmm. premiere episode it's one of the highest rated episodes of flash ever it's the highest rated episode of arrow uh since the season started right. and it's also the highest rated episode of supergirl since it came to cw so, so this, you, this crossover was a big success for them right you want you want it so you just have to you have to work out the logistics, but people want it. And people like I mean, like I, you know, it's kind of anecdotal or whatever. But my my mother in law, you know, watches just the Flash. She's never watched mm-hmm. Arrow. She never watched Legends. Right. But because of the like tie-in, Aaron, yeah. Uh, but because of the tie-in or whatever, she watched all four things in the crossover, and she ended up really liking Supergirl, and is going to pick that up. You know. There you go. And I, I think that that will be... An, I think there are two things that were going to happen next season because of how the season went for them. And I think one is going to be there is going to be a Superman show. And the other is that they're going to to uh, do more, a lot more uh, crossovers. Not a, always the big ones, but a lot more um, synergy between shows. I think that this thing has just gotten more and more away from what they expected, and they they just don't know what to do with themselves. It, it, it just seems, but every time they turn around, man, they're cranking out greatness, and this whole thing was good. So what do you guys give this episode of Legends, and then what do you give the crossover overall? I'm going to go first, just because I know I've been Pollyanna through this whole thing. But uh-huh. I love this, man. This had so many cool, joyful moments, like Jerry would call them. It had so many callbacks. It had so many Easter eggs. I've watched it twice now, mm-hmm. at least the three core episodes. And I just thought it was so well done. It kind of sets a high bar for the Justice League movie to me. It really does. There were so many character-driven moments. And the fact that Barry's redemption from Flashpoint, which is something that's been long overdue in The Flash, was like the overarching like story you know, chain, you know, the story arc for everything else to, for, to build off of was was excellent. So I was just I couldn't be more happy with it. I just really enjoyed it. I give it Legends an A and the crossover itself a total A. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know what else I can add to that, because that's exactly what I think, too. I mean, this this was such, uh, well, as far as Legends by itself goes, I probably one of the best done episodes that they've had. It is their um, best one to me. And, I think uh, it is. And, 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 and for sure, you know, uh, just a really quick comment on what you, you said, Jim. I mean, if this took her to where, oh, she's going to pick up watching Supergirl now, that's a good thing considering that only a sliver of that episode was the crossover. So that's, that's really good that it stood on its own and picked up a new viewer like that. So, and hopefully that's repeated across the country. Um, but yeah, overall a for legends and, um, an a plus plus for the whole event overall. My only real complaint was I would have liked a little more of, of Barry and Cisco in the Supergirl episode than what we got. And it's not much of a complaint. Yeah, I think they nailed it. I mean, this is definitely the best episode of Legends. I can't even believe I ever called it Legends of the Lame after watching this, which, you know, makes me sad because no woman likes to be wrong ever. <laughs> so, true. And that, yeah, true. It's, it's so true. As, as a married man, I can attest to the truth of that, yeah. Jerry, you weren't wrong. You were just a little misguided. Well, when no, you were wrong, the, the, the bad episodes were bad. I mean, you weren't wrong. It's just the bad episodes were bad. With, yeah. with few exceptions, it was a dismal first season, but they more than redeemed themselves in the whole crossover. It, you know, it really makes me wonder, and I definitely A+, plus, it makes me wonder if they would have gotten how to incorporate, you know, literally all the characters in the universe that we've seen appear and get them right and have them interact, like, how many pluses would be behind my A? So, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh well, I I'm I'm a little more critical probably than than the rest of you on this crossover. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy the crossover. I watched them twice. I just uh, and I'll probably watch it again, uh, okay. you know, before that. But um, I do want it. Like I do. I love the connective tissue. I love that stuff. And I wanted them to do more of it. And I hope that they can figure out a way to do it on a regular basis. I mean, and I, I, I keep saying it, but I think it's true. The Chicago show, Dick Wolf, I think the producer, Dick Wolf does. I don't think he gets the credit for how well he does it, but he, he is able to connect four shows together without, uh, in a way that there's, there's not a problem with the way that it's done. And it's done with even, uh, on, a um, and the way that they have to set it up and they still have the 22 episodes and all that kind of stuff is still the same, you know, problems of, of doing a whole season. But there is a way to do it. Like there is a way to have it where you can have it. Where you feel like the universe has the same characters in it and they can interact through episodes, not every episode, but they interact enough. And I think we've seen that all these different combination of characters that have interacted in this, in this four parter, there is a lot of a wealth of, yeah. of story that you could tell with these characters. And I think legends is so much stronger when it interacted with all these other characters from the other shows. And I think it was written better. And I think whatever they did for this one, for this episode, they really need to take a step back and look at how they approach Legends because I still think Legends is the weakest show, and I and oh, I yeah. know I'm not alone oh, yeah. in in, in terms of how 
but it, yeah. but it was so strong in this, and they should these characters should be stronger. They should be written a lot better. You could my, do better. My thought is that if they're going with that whole Legion of Doom thing, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. with Damian Dark and and Malcolm Merlin and you know Brazon right. and stuff, that that's exactly where they're headed with Legends is more into the connective tissue because they're gonna. I mean. You know they're going to be dealing with Thon. They're going to need it to bring mm-hmm. in a speedster. You know maybe they'll borrow right. Wally or Jesse Quick. You know or right. you know they're dealing with with Captain Cold. I mean they're not only going to need Heatwave, but they might need Barry. You know or I mean I just see that if they're the, the reason for them gathering together the villains like that would be specifically for what you're talking about more of a kind mm-hmm. of continuity connective show. My only concern would be that it would uh, have some of the pitfalls of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where you have oh. the movies. Where they're kind, of, they're good movies, but they're a little too dependent on you having seen at least a couple of the other movies, or you know where you mm-hmm. couldn't just you know it would kind of I think it kind of daunts new viewers to walk in and say okay, you know who's this and why do they really why do I have to watch three or four different shows to fully understand who this is? Right. So it's a thin, it's a real thin line to keep that equilibrium between like it, you know and yeah like it you is. Said, Dick, Dick Wolf does it well. Yeah, you know, and and that would might be a good you know role model like you say for them to work off of, but it would have to be a really like close balancing act between those two sides of what you know how that could go wrong. Well, it's funny because the way that Dick Wolf writes it, it's like how comics were done, where every every issue where brave back in the day, because now everything is connected and everything has to be for this big event that comes up. But back in the day, you knew we, when we read comics. A lot of the stories were were throwaway, not throwaway, but they were one issue stories, and that's kind of how Dick Wolf does his crossovers for a lot until there's a major thing that happens and they all cross over like uh, Invasion was. So you can do that. Like there could be the uh, Cisco visiting with with uh, Ray for an episode and building the suit, rebuilding the suit and fixing it. And it's just so happened. They have to go on an adventure while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's little things like that, uh, you know, like, uh, Ollie has to visit Supergirl. Maybe they, there's something that needs to be done. She needs to learn how to do archery for something or target. Like there's something she needs. Or, you know, Oliver found out something in the crime scene with something on it written in Kryptonian. Any of that, any of that. And, and just, but they, it could be just a one and done. Nope. Thing where it 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 furthers their relationship, it further it develops their friendship, continues to do that, but the story doesn't have to be referred back to again. It's just a little adventure they went on, just like we hang out when we when right. we hang out and, and and do something. That's what it was. That's right. all it was, and then they can continue to do that, and then they can have certain things like you mentioned the president talking to Supergirl in another episode of. You know, like Flash or something or or, you know, do something with the museum or there's just little things you can do where instead of just saying I'm hands off because it's too hard. Like, I think that's what Marvel was like with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, ah, it's too difficult. Let's not even bother because of that relationship that that the the uh, that 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 volatile relationship that the two guys had. But with the D.C. stuff. You don't have to worry about that. Like you, you can you can definitely talk to each other and work out this whole thing. And and I just think it shouldn't be an excuse that it's a superhero show you can't write better. So I, I really think that with Legends, and I keep saying it because I think it's true. You need to write. You, they need to work on relationships, and they can do it because they worked. I think they wrote the relationships between these characters a lot better. 
in this four part crossover with how people dealt with each other and their eye rolling moments that they've had separately with the way that they write relationships and stuff that I really think that they should not use that excuse that it's a superhero show. We could cut corners with how characters deal with each other. I think they should concentrate on writing it better. Marvel does it with, you know, when they write relationships in, in the Netflix stuff and they, you know, they kind of do it that you can do better and still be a fun, great superhero show with action adventure and all that you could do that but i still think that they they have a ways to go like they can level up i think that they do have a ways to go with the writing and it could be it could be there's no perfect but it could be a-list writing every episode if they really work on that so you know there's going to be another crossover because this one was so successful hell yeah what yeah do, what do you want to see what's the next crossover I want to see the super. I want to see Superman in them for real. I want to see like something so catastrophic. Everyone has to band together, including Superman. That would be yeah, cool. Yeah, I do. Cool. I I would like the Starro. I would. I Starro think that would be, be a cool thing to Starro because you can have the, you know, starting slowly, you know, taking over certain people left and right, and had it go throughout the shows and stuff, and then eventually there's a they realize it's just some big thing that's happening, and they all have to band together to stop it i i would dig that like i i do i, I hope that they do the the starro they'd have to fix it and have it that starro maybe the smaller little implants as opposed to some you can't have some big old fish but little starfish on your forehead yeah <laughs> right yeah. that's not gonna work kind of a good can... giveaway yeah exactly exactly i'd like to see oliver meet john jones that would be cool well, that's why I want them to go to. I want them to hang out in Supergirl's world for an for an episode. Yeah. Well, I think they so, should do the uh, the comic book version of the classic Star Trek episode, Mirror Mirror, mm-hmm. and bring in the Crime Syndicate, Ultraman. Um, oh, that'd be great! And so Superman and uh, we Super, still have Superman. that Laurel too. Remember, mm-hmm. still Black have Siren. a lot in a lot of ways. Earth Two was kind of you know that that counter was it Earth Three in the original con, uh, continuity. Uh, yeah. Where the crime syndicate, you know, instead of the Justice League rule everything. Right. Um, Adrian Paris in our uh, Facebook group has suggested that as well. And I, I just mm-hmm. kind of fell in love with that idea. I mean, uh, Crisis on Two Earths is like one of my favorite uh, animated um, yeah. features that yeah. they did. It was just with yeah. James Woods and Gina Torres. And, so good, uh, yeah. That was really, really good. good. I could see them doing that for the next crossover. So. Yeah, I could that'd, see that. That'd be interesting. Plus, I mean, you, know, you get like Evil Arrow and... Uh, you know they got to do it, though. I mean, that would be, be cool. I, I could be down yeah. with that. Um, I asked in the uh, the Facebook group, by the way, you know, to give us you know what what you know, they thought of the crossover. We got a few a few answers. Robert Cooper, uh, I hope that the high ratings for the crossover lets them be more ambitious with the next one. I want a white Martian invasion on Earth thirty eight, like in Morrison's JLA. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty cool, where the Martians yeah. became yeah. superheroes and they oh yeah like they were the new new wave of superheroes. That was pretty great. And all the Arrowverse people go to her Earth to help. Uh, Superman has to be in that one, and maybe you gotta have that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Superman have to be in that one, and maybe mm-hmm. that would be a good time for a certain detective to show up. Well, I mean, if they were gonna do Morrison's story, Batman's kind of key. He's the one who figures everything out. You know? I, I think it'd be Ollie still. If they do it this soon, it'd just be Ollie. Yeah, playing would, that part. You're right. Uh, good things about the crossover: Barry and Kara interacting. Kara proving Oliver wrong that he's and that he's a douche sometimes. <laughs> yes. um, the bad Supergirls episode really wasn't tied in. 
Yeah, but you know, the more I think about it, that was their season, you know, mid-season finale, so they really had to like do some big stuff on their own. So, uh, more douchiness from Cisco, but hopefully that's over. I think it is. Yeah, yeah I think it's done. Amended defenses. Yeah. Uh, best thing quote: "She looks like my cousin." Uh, Brandon Routh uh, episode of Legends. That's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty great. Uh, Luke Foster, uh, friendly cartoonist. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Great special effects, great use of the whole cast of each show. The story was pretty solid, the chemistry between the characters, especially Karen, Barry, and Felicity, and all of Team Flash was great. I thought the Arrow episode was a bit slow, but otherwise the pacing was pretty decent. I hope they do another crossover next year, and I hope it's as good as this one was. So, yeah, be, I think, well, like they did with the, you know, the, the Flash and Arrow crossovers, I think this is going to be an annual thing, so that would be great. Yeah, it's a well. It was already they were already saying that it's an annual thing, but I think now it's probably going to have to be something they do two or three times a year. Well, I think if they do it too many times, they're going to hurt themselves in the ratings because they kind of take away the specialness mm-hmm. of it. But yeah, once you know, once a year, I think is it would be. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I, I think. think that, oh, go ahead. Like I said, minis. I I think if they do mini crossovers, meaning that you know visits from. From people, and then you know you have the mid-season one where it's a biggie, but it, throughout the season they have little mini ones with with different characters interacting with each other. Yeah, well, have the mini ones, have the mid-season like you said, and then maybe have another big one in the middle of the second half of the season. Um, maybe not quite as big, but you know, good size, but I think that they could do, you know, what Jim was talking about there and, and Daryl, you too, um, the whole thing with, uh, comics basically before they were written specifically to be made into trades, you know, that's what I loved, you know, the silver age, you know, bronze age stuff where you could just pick up a comic, great story and move on. And then you'd get those specials like that. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm, you know, Pointing that out, it made me think of it. That's what I'm loving about these shows is that's how they do it. And if they just keep doing that and they bring in, we have those Brave and the Bolds and World's Finest and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, I am all for it. I, I mean, you do have to be careful. Don't burn it out. Don't, you know, right. like you said, Jim, but I really think that, you know, that would be the way to go. They could even, I mean, start – you know, maybe one or two other small shows that, you know, that aren't quite long season stuff, but maybe, you know, like our eight episode minis or something that are outside of these four shows. I don't know. Just the possibilities are endless. And so far, you know, they've seen nothing but positive responses. So I would do Superman eight. If they, if I hope that if this inhuman show that they're going to do with Marvel with it's the, IMAX is paying for part of it and, and ABC Studios is paying for the other part. It's supposed to be eight episodes. I hope that if it is successful, if it works, that meaning their ratings are even higher, if they're higher, much higher than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they don't have the drop-off that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Has, has had, I hope that DC looks at that and says we could do an eight-episode. If you're going to do Superman, do an eight-episode Superman. Boom. That's it. Like, don't, don't like worry about. Don't. I don't think they're gonna do bad. I don't either, but I'd still love to have it. I'd but rather, if, I think they should, get, you know, stick with the more like second tier characters, like maybe a Black Lightning series or. Um, Where are we gonna Booster Gold and, and yeah, that's on Fox people. though. Oh right, right. Fox. 
or maybe yeah. bust off the uh, arrows outsiders into their own thing you know I don't know. I mean, there, like you said, Daryl, the possibilities are endless. They could go anywhere. They got to be Superman because he was too. The 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 few episodes he was in was very good ratings for that show. Mm-hmm. So I think I think more than not, they are still talking about we got to do a Superman show. But how are we going to do it? And I think if they don't want it to overshadow everything else, I think you keep it eight. Right. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe a summer replacement series. Or that, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it could be like a mini series as opposed to feeling like a twenty-two episode thing. Well, I'm pretty sure that you know Greg Berlanti and all of them and the CW people listen to us every week. So guys, you know, it's what we want. If more importantly, they listen to money and revenue, (laughs) which is why they're not listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure revenue says do more crossovers and and add some stuff and and have Superman on that sh- on on his own show. Yeah. That's what revenue says. Yeah. When you're talking to revenue, people listen. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the crossover of the uh, the century or whatever from this week. That was that was pretty awesome. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Gotham uh, season mid season finale. Mad City colon beware the green eyed monster. Three uh, three main storylines here. Uh, the biggest one, of course, is Mario marrying Lee. But uh, Jervis Tetch pricked him, and as we know, he has the uh, the Tetch disease. He uh, finds the guy who has come up. He knows what happened to Barnes, and he, he follows the guy, uh, a blood tech, to a bar to try to get some information from him as key card. But he crushes his head like a grape instead. And he kind of, and as he's doing it, the guy's face turns into Jim Gordon's face, as Mario Mario is crushing it. And mm-hmm. again, wow, Gotham starting off with like a really gruesome scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like Walking Dead level stuff. I mean, it's oh pop, yeah, popping his skull. And uh, Gordon's on the crime scene. Bullock says, "You should be drunk. You're, you know, your ex is getting married or whatever." But um, it turned, the, but the way the guy died is kind of made. It, Jim's interest it's like because I mean the amount of strength it takes to pop a skull like that's kind of insane made me think of Game of Thrones you know when the mountain had what's his name squished his head yeah um Gordon arrives at the lab to you know to to question the guard and the guard informs him the victim's key card was just used and he hasn't punched out yet uh, Jim goes to investigate, and Mario knocks him out, throws him through a plate glass window, and roughs him up pretty good. And I don't understand what he's like. You know, he tells him he doesn't want to kill him right there, uh, because then Jim will be—you'll be the martyr, and she'll always wonder about you. You know, and she'll always, you'll always wonder if she actually loved you. But no, I'm going to make it so Lee hates you. I'm going to trick mm-hmm. Lee into just hating him. And then he'll kill him. So Jim wakes up, and he has the word Arkham written on his hand that he didn't write. Um, Barnes is, a, is now a raving lunatic, so that's not where it's being sent. He's being sent to talk to Jervis. And, I love how this entire time through this whole episode, Jim just slowly uncovers, like right after the moment that he does it, that, oh, that was something that they he wanted me to do. Just right. the whole episode. <laughs> Like, yeah, all the way down to when he's, like, confronting Lee and stuff. He's like, well, that's what I want. But the only way he's able to get Tetch's, uh, you know, information out of Tetch is to speak to him in rhyme. 
So yeah. Ted speaks to him and Rhyme in return, and he can't help himself. Yep. Kind of. I thought that was a cool conceit, you know. Smart. That was yeah. really cool. Um, but um, as uh, Jim shows up at GCPD, uh, Mario is taking the test like three times, and he passed with flying colors. And this is where uh, the puppet mastering starts to like take hold, right? Um, Bullock apologizes to Mario for the misunderstanding, and Jim is like, "You will never marry Lee." And um, he tries to he tries to uh, intercept Lee at, at her house, but Mario's there waiting for him. And the doctor tells Jim, "Yeah, you know." I am contaminated, and I am obsessed, and I'm, you know, obsessed with jealousy and revenge, um, but you're not going to, you know, ruin my wedding or whatever, and then Zaz shows up, it's like, yeah, have a seat, pal, you know, um, and he pays Zaz to watch him until a certain time, and then, uh, Jim shows up at the wedding, and then, uh, he, you know, he, he shows up to talk to Lee, and then, you know, he asks Lee to trust him. And then, you know, Leah's like, Mario said, you'd never let us be happy. And then she said, I'm leaving Gotham for good. And this is like you said, Chubb, this is where he's like, this is what he wanted. Right. And Jim is like, me coming here. That's why he put me on his trail to, I mean, to make you hate me, you know. And then as a last ditch effort, he tells Lee that he loves her. And then uh, he just, you know, he, he still loves her just as much. And Lee tells him he needs help and then smacks him and says, how dare you on the day I'm getting married. And, um. It turns out, uh, you know, and, and Jim uh, is, they, they have the scene where, uh, um, with Lee, you know, Carmine uh, Falcon walking Lee down the aisle to meet Mario, and uh, um, Jim's, like, getting his ass beat by the mafia guys out in the hallway um, while it's going on. I thought that was a pretty cool scene, the way they intercut those. Um, Mario and Lee leave town just in time for Jim to get the, uh, uh, the evidence they needed that Mario figured out what drug to take to mask his, you know, touch disease or whatever. Uh, he begs the Carmine Falcone to let him, you know, to go, um, you know, save Lee and Lee's and Carmine's like, I'll send my guys. And Jim Gordon's like, you mean these guys? And he turns around and shoots both of them in the leg. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want me, you want to send anyone else? <laughs> I was like, damn Gordon. So, He's um, still a cop, right? As I far mean, as I know. I uh, mean, how does he not? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. It was crazy. It was totally crazy. He uh, he finds out the lake house they're at. He rushes out there, and Mario's coming at Lee from behind Lee with a knife. And Jim runs up and puts like three slugs into him, and he drops the knife, and Lee doesn't see the knife. No, it just it just so happens to fall into the sand. Right, it falls into the water where it can't be found. So right now, Jim is a cold blooded killer again, again, again up for murder. Um, the next uh, storyline is Barbara Keene. Stabby Babs, Jerry. Stabby uh-huh. Babs, yes. This was My pretty awesome. For her. Yeah, she shows up <laughs> to talk to Edward Nigma for no reason, and then. Uh, She's like, uh, you know, she figured out who killed Isabella, and then she um, goes, <coughs> Penguin. And then Edward's like, Ed Nigma's like, uh, did you just fake cough Penguin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. And, you know, um, it, so what's really funny is, 
for a character I really could not stand. I really like Barbara now. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome in this episode too. Um, she, you know, hints that Oswald's feelings are more than friendly, and that deep down, you know, and Enigma realizes that he knows a crush would explain a lot of, uh, you know, Oswald's behavior. So he kind of tricks. He kind of smokes Oswald out by tricking him into, you know, saying how he felt or whatever. And, you know, Oswald kind of a him. brilliant move to the way he did it. Yeah, and Oswald's like, one cannot deny love, and he beams at him, and Ed kind of backtracks, and Oswald's daydream comes to life, dips into a nightmare, and Ed was like, no, I'm talking about a business partnership, not a romance, and Oswald is rejected. Oops. Um, he he begs his friend to forget the conversation. And, you know, he's, he's like, you're the best friend I ever had. I don't, I don't want to lose you. And then Ed steps into his arms and says, you're my best friend as well, Oswald. Remember that. Mm-hmm. And then later, Ed walks into Sirens, where Butch and Babs are having on uh, Tabitha, who's, who's trying to hold on to a knife, but she just can't quite do it because they just sewed her hand back on. And immediately, Butch and, you know, when Ed walks in, Butch and, and Tab are both ready to kill him. It was hilarious. And, um... Babs is like, hear him out. And he says, uh, I don't want to kill him. I want to destroy him. I want to take away everything he loves. I want to make him despise. And then uh, they uh, re- they make an alliance then and there. Kind of a little shaky. But Nigma at least apologizes for cutting off her hand, which was <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry, sorry about that. Apology not accepted. That was pretty awesome. Um, so now Babs and Nigma and Butch and Tabitha are all getting together against Joker or against uh, Penguin. Should be interesting. Uh, the Bruce storyline is kind of lame. I'm sorry, guys, but it was. They had to do this like Mission Impossible deal where they have to walk on a tightrope to get to the Court of Owls. Uh, yeah. Safe. Yeah. Uh... They get in there, and uh, Selena does it, the tie-rope de- de- deal. Uh, the Talon takes out the rest of the Whisper Gang, um, but not after their leader like tells some of the secrets of the building to Bruce. And then uh, they are saved by someone in a mask at the end, and it turns out to be Selena's mom. And they get the heck out of there. Selena's mom. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it was like you go through all that and you still don't work out and you still get caught and they have to kill everybody anyway. Right. Like, what was the purpose? I don't know. They got like a big sculpture of an owl. It was. I I think I would have liked it if they had done all this and worked together and it it got it. You know, without being caught, I think that would have been a right cool thing to see. Selena and and Bruce have to trust each other. Right. Because that's what they've been tested on. Like, it's just, I thought that's what they were doing, and then I thought so yeah. too. And then they just fell into that whole thing, and you know, you know, yeah. So that's the season finale of Gotham, or the mid-season finale of Gotham until next year, anyway. Right. What do you guys give this episode? A B minus. Yeah, that's a C plus for me. Meh. I gotta go see. I'm, I like the I like the Jervis Touch stuff, but the thing kind of overplaying their hand with it. Yeah, I, I think they need to kind of move on to something else here. And I'm kind of leery of how long it's going to take Jim Gordon to clear his name and the whole setup they put here at the end of this. You know what I mean with him shooting I, Mario? Like, 
uh, you know, him being the son of Falcone and all that other stuff, how long they're going to play that out in the next half of the season. So I'm a little leery, so I give it a C. It's too bad because I give out all A's up until now. Mm. Oh, well, it happens. And finally, Lucifer, the the, the fall finale. Um, it's, this was, this was a, an interesting episode. It picks up right where it left off last week with Charlotte about to blow up Chloe's car, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Chloe has to go back to get her keys from the valet. And in the meantime, Amindiel shows up and talks uh, her out of killing him. And then uh, he, he tells, you know, Charlotte that killing her is only going to send Lucifer you know, deep diving until he finds out who killed her and that'll just drive him away from you. So instead of doing that, Charlotte is now going to be defending the prison warden who orchestrated Chloe's dad's death. Did I get that right? Yes. 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 (laughs) So she is uh, the defense for the, for the, for the murdering warden who set everything up that caused Chloe's dad's death. Um, Dan realizes that Charlotte pumped him for information and Charlotte uses that in the courtroom against Chloe and Chloe thinks it was Lucifer, but then it turns out, no, um, it wasn't, uh, they get Boris's head in a box mailed Mm -hmm. to them, which was not a very convincing head. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) it was Um, good enough. Lucifer, Dan and Mays, um, uh, go to uh, the uh, the triads to um, to try to track down who decapitated Boris. Uh, Maze, this is great when Maze is like giving Dan the business about it. He's like, "Oh, you really want to penetrate into this case, huh? You really?" Want oh, and she was having in such and a out. Good time. She was just oh, she was going off, and Dan's just looking at her like, "How could she know? How could she know?" But then we get to see uh, Maze fight this uh, the Chinese gang lord's burliest bruiser, and that was a pretty cool fun fight. Yeah, that was fun. I love watching her fight, man. She's, uh, she is something. Um, all that, all that stuff leads to kind of a dead end though. When the guy who killed Boris has killed himself and they find him, you know, his, his little uh, hatchet job where, you know, he cuts people's heads off of the bandsaw or whatever. And he is dead as well. So Charlotte, uh, hits Chloe with a, a, a deal. She's like, look, if you, um, if you deny Lucifer, if you betray Lucifer, then the warden will go to can go to jail, and I'll make sure it happens. But if not, you know we're winning this case, and the warden might get set free. Um, Chloe sticks to her guns and defends Lucifer on the stand. Um, Lucifer's testimony too is pretty funny. Like he kind of charms everyone. He's calling the judge by her <laughs> yeah. first name. He's like, "Oh well, thanks, Judy," you know, and stuff like that. So um, she sticks by her guns and doesn't betray Lucifer. The, the guy goes free, you know, the, the warden or whatever. But uh, Dan sees him on the street, and he's like, uh, you know what you know what the Russian mob doesn't like? When guys take off their heads, you know, their guys' heads without permission. And the guy, this van immediately like, pulls up and black bags him and takes him away. And Dan hops in the car with Maze. I guess Maze set it up for him. And Maze is like, I'm impressed. I didn't think you had it in you, you know. Amendiel meets Chloe's mom out in front of the apartment because he wants mm-hmm. to apologize to Maze. He's got flowers for Maze. After talking to the therapist, he realized that, you know, he's he's totally messed up with her. 
So he talks to her, and then he realizes where he's seen her before. He has this like weird look on his face. Uh, he sees his mom, and he says, Look, 35 years ago, father asked me to come down here to bless a couple that was unable to have a child. It was the first and last time he ever asked, made such a request. And that miracle baby was Chloe. Dun, dun, dun. Just like we thought. Meaning yep. God purposely put Chloe in Lucifer's path using yeah. his other son as a pawn. Yeah. And that also seemingly explains why Lucifer's powers are, are don't work when she's around. And he wants Lucifer on Earth. He doesn't want Lucifer to leave Earth. I guess not. And in, in return, Charlotte is like, uh, oh, well, if that's the case, Chloe's not an obstacle, but she's the key to getting it all back. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I forgot to mention the the, uh, the episode title is Quid Pro Ho. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love her titles lately. Uh, all yeah, the titles have been good lately. Yes, yeah. definitely. Quid Pro Ho. But I thought this was a pretty good episode of Lucifer. The court, the court stuff was cool. I enjoyed it. There were a lot of wow, that's awesome moments. Um, the whole re reveal of Chloe and what she really is. Just I, I couldn't ask for more out of an episode of Lucifer. I loved it. And I just have to note that Lucifer's mother, not having any formal legal training. <laughs> And is also one of the most evilest beings in the history of the universe, just naturally took to the, the the courtroom environment and that of being a lawyer, which just goes to show how evil, truly demonic lawyers must really be. And I give this an A+. This was a great episode. Um, my great is an A, and I wrote down my favorite line, because I like to do that sometimes. Um, maybe it's a little like butt stuff. Uh -huh. That's what he says. <laughs> Easier the second time around to his mother. <laughs> nice. I know! I'm like, wow, they said that on TV. Okay. You know, I mean, I think we could all agree that's that's correct, right? Um, <laughs> Carol? Sure. Carol. Sure. Anyway, I give this. You're gonna forget that joke tonight. I give this so. a solid. Yeah, I give this a solid B. Yeah, this is gonna be. That'll be a meme before I even know it now. Yeah. Yeah, um, make that a meme. Somebody that's not. Yeah. No, I'm totally gonna cut that out. Uh, Lucifer, I give a B. I thought it was a pretty decent episode. I'm glad they're finally starting to explain Chloe. Yes, um, I'm wait. I was waiting for time. It. Yeah, it's about time. It's almost the end of the second yep. season. Please give mm -hmm. us something. You know. Um, some news bits before we get out of here from the DCTV news bucket. If you want to join our Facebook group, DCTV podcast on the Facebooks, it's very popular with the young people. Warner Brothers CEO is hinting at a possible DC entertainment streaming service, a DC Netflix, if you will. I don't know how I feel about this. And I, one, I think it's a cool, I'd love it. But on the other hand, if they fragment and by they, I mean the entertainment industry as a whole, up to where everybody has their own streaming service and it's only two ninety nine or five ninety nine or whatever it is a month. You're gonna have to subscribe to so many services to watch what you're currently watching now. I think I, I mean, mean people already do that with apps though on their TV. Yeah. It's like I do that yeah. with apps on my TV right. all the time. I mean some mm -hmm. are free, some you pay for. But here, let me let me let me let me play devil's advocate for a minute, okay? Do you remember okay. when we were all paying seventy, eighty, ninety dollars for cable bills? Yeah. Right? Back in the back yeah. in the nineties and two yeah. thousands. And all anybody told me was, 
well, you know, I, 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 I wish I could just pay for the channels I wanted. Right. Right. This and is I that. agree. I agree with that. I'm just saying, though, is at what point does it become you're paying the same as cable anyway? I mean, you're paying depending on what your package is and what it is, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars a month for Internet. Then you pay another, you know. 40 50 60 dollars in all these streaming apps and everything else you haven't really eliminated you you've all you've done is allowed yourself to get a la carte but you have not eliminated or reduced the amount you're paying for your entertainment well of course not because corporations damn it Money, 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 money. Mm, of course. Pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, if it, you know what, if it was like a, a two ninety nine service a month or something like that, and it had a deep enough library, I think I'd probably subscribe to that. Like if yeah. it had, I mean, going back to like even like the George Reeves Superman or you know the Batman movies, always. You well, know. if you're gonna do it, I want all of it. Like yes, I want exactly. the, all the cartoons. Okay. I want going back to like all the, the movies. Cartoons, you know, the yeah, all of stuff. it. I want all the mo- all the. The DC movies, whether they were good or not, you know, even the old stuff, like yeah. you know, even even the old stuff, I want all, I want access to all of it. I want that Superman cartoon where, uh, yeah. where when he turns from Clark Kent to Superman, his voice drops three octaves. You know? Yeah, this I want a, all that. This is a job for Superman. Exactly. <laughs> I want I want all versions of those cartoons. I want all those Batman cartoons. I want all that stuff to be in oh, one yeah. spot. If I can get it all in one spot, I would. I would probably now is CBS Access doing that with Star Trek. That's the thing. I'm we have to wait to see because I don't, I don't know. know. Well, well, I have CBS Access, and I, I'm wondering. I mean, CW has their own app now, and they're not charging for you to watch shows yes. yet. But I'm imagining that they will, and I'm just wondering with them being, you know, a a child of the parent company of CBS. I mean, can it would be nice if what I'm already paying the five ninety nine a month that I just get CW with that, you know, or am I going to have to pay five ninety nine on top of that for CW? You know, it just uh, who I know. I mean, a big chunk of the stuff, is, a big chunk of the CW stuff is still broadcast. You know, exactly. I mean? So I mean, it's going to be. I think it would be a while before they went all app or whatever, or all streaming. Yeah, they're just not that big yet. Right. Uh, ben McKenzie and Marina Bacharin are, are engaged. After Lena mm. Bacharin finally got divorced from her ex. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. Um, the, there's a really good article here from Entertainment Weekly of all the different Easter eggs that are in the Arrow 100th episode. If you want to check that out in case we missed anything, that mm-hmm. might be cool to check out. Uh, Batman v Superman killed on cable, on its broadcast on cable on HBO. I think it was on HBO, right? Yeah, it was on HBO. Um, it, 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 it beat college football in some markets. So... That, wow, that, that was pretty awesome. Um, we we got leaked the front page on Mark Guggenheim's Twitter for episode uh, two twelve, which would be the twelfth episode of the season of Legends of Tomorrow. It's titled Camelot three thousand. Yeah, which I'm you, excited. If you remember correctly, it was a sci fi comic that uh, uh, DC did. It was one of their very first, if not the very first, direct market comic, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was also the first maxi series, and I have yeah. the entire thing, and it is awesome. And it's on Baxter I, paper too, right? That's when they yep. did Baxter. Yeah. It was it's the a first deep cut. One. 
It's a deep yep. cut. It's but it was so great because when I saw that announced on our Facebook group, I immediately went and dug those out and flipped through them. I'm just yeah, I'm like I can't believe they're going to there. It's like that's so great. That'll be awesome. Uh, the Lego Batman movie uh, coming up. Billy D. Williams Yay! will finally get to play Two Face. Now I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but back in uh, 1989's Tim Burton, he was Batman, Harvey Dent. He was Harvey Dent. So it was always Tim Burton's plan for him to eventually become Two-Face, but that didn't work out. Billy D, Billy D. So now he'll be able to say Cold 45 as Two-Face as well. Uh, we got... I am super excited for the Lego Batman movie. And this past weekend, the Lego Batman Lego sets came out, and they are very awesome. And next month, they're coming out with the minifig series from the Batman Lego movie. So You are our Lego Lego correspondent. I love Legos, but I know I am not nearly as excited for this Lego movie as Daryl is. Mm -hmm. Daryl, I think, would only be more excited if Adam West were in it and there were Muppets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we got a teaser poster. Finally, after... I I interviewed Bruce Tim back in 2010, uh, New York Comic Con, and he told me that this was in the plans in the animation uh, studio back then. We're finally getting an animated feature of Teen Titans: The Judas Contract. Yes. Probably the best known Teen Titans story I would I would gather uh, that there is. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see them adapt it and see which version of the Titans, if it's going to be closer to the Perez Wolfman version or the you know, the newer version from Young Justice, maybe like a mix of the two. That'll be awesome. I mean, we are getting that third season of Young Justice, so maybe it's going to tie into that somehow. Uh, who knows? Um, as we mentioned before, the ratings uh, from the crossover event on the CW were huge. Um, Legends of Tomorrow had, 30, had 3 million total viewers for a 1.1 rating, rising 80%. Um, the other shows also benefited from a bump. Uh, if you have the, this week's entertainment weekly, there's a whole big, uh, great photo spread, uh, all about the crossover and whatnot. Um, there's also thanks to Ken Jr. Some, uh, great references and moments from the crossover on our Facebook group, including, uh, taking her all the way to pound town from, mm-hmm. uh, from Usher there. And other super meta references, he pulled those out for us, and they're right there in the Facebook group if you want to check them out. And I think that's about it. Uh, you want to, you guys want to talk about where else you can be heard? Yes, me first. Um, I am really pimping out my Instaham account, so if you guys could go to the Instaham and add at punch, please, because I've got new stuff coming, you know, and and you get hams. So add sister throw out. punch, right? Is that what you said? Because it kind of faded out. That is. Just wanted to make sure it got really to get through. Yes. Okay. At, no, it's at sis. Sis throw punch. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, who else? Oh well, oh. you can also hear me on the Walking Dead TV podcast on this very nest on this very network, um, along with Jim and Daryl and sometimes Aaron Newworth and uh, now um, produced by Craig Demanda. Um, we'll be recording that day after tomorrow. Brought to you by uh, hashtag Passages, presented by Taco <laughs> Bell. Live Moss. Live <laughs> Moss. For sure. Um, I'm on the Instahams and the, the tweets at ChubToad01. All right. You can just follow me on the Voice123 Twitter, and that pretty much will tell you 
where what I'm doing. Which is a lot because Daryl, uh, being too modest to mention himself, has his own network of podcasts at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. Uh, you can check that out there. There's uh, no apologies. Nothing's on. Gotham by Geeks. Uh, all kinds of great uh, geeky podcasts over there. Head on over there today for some great podcasting goodness. And uh, also remember to uh, tell your friends that DCTV Podcast is now available on Mixcloud. Uh, you can play it right there from the Mixcloud player, or you know you can you can send it, send a link there very easily. You can download whatever you want to do. Mixcloud every episode, every time. So check it out there. And until next time, where well, we have the season, the mid-season finales for the rest of our CW shows uh, that didn't have their season. Let's see, it'll be uh, Flash, Arrow, Legends, and Lucifer all wrapping up next week. And then one of our beloved blooper shows after that for the holiday break. So, yay! Put your put all your sensibilities away. Yeah, mm-hmm. All of it. I still yeah. have, by the way, but I just want to mention that for the the holiday blooper show, I still have the Cards Against Humanity game that we played while we were at Heroes Con. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I, I, say, I saved that back. I didn't put that on the oh. last blooper show. Oh, oh man! Oh man! So uh, that was an I, amazing show. I mean, that was an amazing game. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so. I have that. I have that to to put in the holiday show. It's are 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 we sure we want that? In? I mean, there's like incriminating. I mean, there's incriminating evidence on that. I'll cut out the part where where J.K. fell on the floor. <laughs> I have video of that. I'll show you yeah, that. Yeah, Daryl's got the video, so I don't need the audio. <laughs> I mean, once he thumps, I mean, you, that's it. There's no more audio, so you need to. And his eyes never close. His eyes video just... on that. Yeah, his eyes yeah. just never close. But uh, that'll be in there, our, our uh, semi-legendary Heroes Con game of uh, game, Cards Against Humanity, plus a whole bunch of bloopers that we've had over the, the past few months. Since I think what, it was episode 50 I did the last one, so I've been yep. saving up bloopers ever since then. There, there are quite a few. So. Well, there's ones from this episode, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. Well, he Probably hasn't heard few. my bathroom vision. He hasn't heard the, the footage from the bathroom yet, so he's going to be excited to hear that, I'm sure. Oh, bathroom yeah. footage. Awesome. Sure. Yeah, All I right. mean, acoustics in there. So, And I use a charge extra for that kind of Skype, so. Mm. Whoa. Well, thanks, I think. <laughs> Wait, what? And on that awkward what? note, we are yeah, going to go. Good night. <laughs> All right, I'm outie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.